when you're going to write an Irish folk song, the first thing you want to do is get this chord. It sounds really sad and ominous. It's called A minor. It's like this. Right? And then, obviously, because it's Irish folk, you want to really thump the shit out of that chord like this. You know, like, get your mad eyes on. You know, like you're going to fight your ma. Right? Imagine this, right? You're raging towards an army checkpoint, right? And the only thing protecting you is a stolen Peugeot 306. Right, so then, lyrics-wise, right? What you want to do is think of a year in the 1800s, right? You want to think about something the Brits did. Say it again, will it for you? You want to think about something the English did? Then you want to pick an Irish folk hero who tried to help the Irish by selling food, right? And you want to shorten his name down so like it makes it sound like you were mates with him. So if it was Michael Collins, you'd go, Big Mickey Collins, right? <laughs> the last thing you have to remember is then to sing like somebody strangling a goose, right? <laughs> Not just any goose though. Like one that's been like, you know, corn fed and cork and then thrown in the microwave live. <laughs> and then you put all those things together and this is what you get, right? It was 1840, Bally Garton snug it. The English brought the blight. And Big Dan O'Connell was selling chicken nuggets. But the weather was bucking shite. <laughs>
Happy St. Patrick's Day to you. Elite Week Episode 68, Odyssey Alpha, Inside Scoop, and a whole new game. Friday, March 19th, 2021. And I'm going to stop doing this back in voice because I sound like a like. <laughs> I'm your host, Kai Zen. And with me tonight is the Master Blaster of Disaster, Tweak 74 from Opix. Say hi to the beautiful people, Tweak. Friday night. I hope everybody's ready for a good conversation tonight. We're going to have some fun. Hell yes. All right. So uh, Roy cannot make it tonight. He's got a personal thing he's got to attend to. And, uh, you know, that's completely fine. It's all good. We You got the gruesome twosome for tonight. So we're going to uh, we're going to drink extra for him. And we're going to uh, sort of, you know, get this shit's get this shit rolling um all right so let's see we started off right off the bat uh i want to give a shout out the the cover art which i have named shamrock skies because saint patrick's day we've got uh the opening song i did two because the first one was just sort of a joke song it was uh how to sing an irish folk song by uh Siren bartlett and the second opening song was Machelama, which means our hero in Gaelic by the Chieftains. The closing song is going to be The Foggy Dew by the Chieftains featuring Sinead O'Connor. So, yeah, this is a, a big, huge, happy St. Patrick's Day to all of our friends in Ireland. Um, and for those who don't sort of understand or don't get it, like other people around the world, like legit. In St. Patrick's on St. Patrick's Day, uh, this you know, which happened uh, earlier this week, in St. Patrick's Day in America, everyone like you'll see a black dude wearing a shirt that says, you know, "Kiss me, I'm Irish," uh, walking right next to an Asian chick who's got like a fucking shamrock shirt. It's we all just get to play Irish for for a week just for funsies, and uh, the Irish Americans. It's, it's <laughs> go ahead. I was gonna say it's basically just an excuse to get really, really drunk and fall face first through some glass windows and things like that. So, 
Yeah, no, I mean, part of it is 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 like uh getting drunk and partying whatever, but part of it also is uh, I think uh Americans love underdogs. We love, you know, whatever. And the Irish that came here to be a part of our melting pot, the vast majority of the Irish that came here, came here in a real shit time. uh, And they were sort of fairly oppressed. And, you know, there's no hard feelings. It's a whole new world. We're not, we're not, you know, holding shit against the English or whatever. It's everybody, you know, it's, it's 2021, man. Everybody's just got to be chill and nice to each other. But like, Back in the day when the Irish first came here, they had a rough time of it. And I think, like I said, Americans love an underdog story. And we um, we love our Irish brothers and sisters, uh, Irish-American brothers and sisters. I want to be very clear because when I was in uh, the UK and, and traveled through Ireland, they, uh, they all seemed to love me because, uh, immediately when they were like, oh yeah, we're, you know, what's your story? And I was like, I have zero Irish blood in me. I'm half Mexican, half Swedish. I'm just American, bro. I'm not, I'm not Irish at all. And I think they were so tired of Irish Americans coming and saying how they were Irish. And they're like, no, you're not, dude. You live in Boston or you live in, you know, fucking Kansas. You're not, you're not Irish. But like, uh, yeah, so we love our Irish American brothers and sisters. And, and so, yeah, we're having a little bit of fun with it tonight. Also, let's give a huge congrats to NASA upon the successful hot fire test for the Artemis moon rocket this week. That was shit hot. And man, I, I, I thought parking was complicated in my neighborhood. But uh, just earlier today, the ISS crew relocated the Soyuz craft to make way for the next incoming crew rotation. So big salute to them. Tonight, we've got some tantalizing details leaked about the Odyssey Alpha and not from Frontier on their stream. Huh. And a PSA about emergency stops in the rings. And a farewell to Planet Zoo community manager Shantae. Oof, Shantae. And a new app that is sweeping through the elite community, making you, your friends, and power play leaders or engineers sing silly shit. We got a pair of methods posted. Well, actually, three uh, posted that with some interesting things: uh, an AFK turret boat, uh, return of the egg, and a way that you can solo insta give a cyclops in under seconds, uh, and a whole new. So, stay tuned. If you're listening to us on the podcast and would like to see the live show and visuals, check us out on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash elite week and on twitch at twitch.tv forward slash elite week if you're watching us on youtube or twitch and would like to know how to catch us on our podcast check out anchor.fm forward slash elite week for sending us your thoughts by email you can reach us at elite week 3306 at gmail.com our very active and growing Elite Week Discord can be found at tinyurl.com forward slash Elite Week Discord, where you can check out or contribute to community feedback, resources on turning the wheel, and real-time updates about Elite from a variety of content creators. In addition to the Discord community feedback channel, feel free to write in our YouTube comments anything about the topic of the week, as well as anything else you'd like to share. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if you're enjoying the show on YouTube, please make sure to like and subscribe and click on the bell. It really helps us out. On Twitch, a follow would be much appreciated. 
If you're on Twitter, feel free to follow at EliteWeek3306 for news and information about Elite Dangerous and cool sci-fi and space news. We record live on YouTube every Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 1 a.m. UTC, so come and join in on the fun. If you're listening to us on the podcast, please make sure to rate and review us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever platform you use. And let us know if there's a format you want us to look into. We don't do Patreon, so save your money and just tell your friends about the show. Damn right. Tell your friends about the show. All right. Get this rolling. There's that here. I'm... I am doing the tech again, which yikes. So, uh, yeah, I want to give a shout out to the people that are uh, helping out tonight. We've got, obviously, we've got Tweak74 as my co-host. We've got uh, the on-air producer is me. The graphics producers are controlling on a swordsmith. The executive producer is Wolf Dragon. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to be. Oh, yeah, it's going to be. Woo. Okay. Uh, here. So we've got, let's see here. We did the opening and closing songs. We did the plugs. Uh, we're moving on to Board Gamer. Uh, so Board Gamer is, for those of you who don't know, because you guys just follow Elite stuff, Board Gamer is a very cool Star Citizen content creator. And he has his assistant, Zin, who is a very cool chick, that she does uh, these lore bits for Star Citizen. And I just want to call out that this week is Stella Fortuna. Stella Fortuna is celebrated on March 15th every week, or every year, rather. It is uh, uh, festivities that are celebrated by green and gold. Tell any, it's the Star Citizen version of St. Patrick's Day. But the in-game lore of the holiday is super, super cool. The in-lore is ties into the first successful Mars colony. I've got a link in the show notes. I want you guys to go check that out. It is very cool lore. And you guys know I'm a huge nerd for, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it? Um, Mars, all things to do with Mars. So go check that out. The link is in the show notes. Next up, you know what we've got? We've got this. It's the Dark Will Update. It's the Dark Wheel update. Am Skippy. All right. So the Dark Wheel is doing its thing. We are at the point now where we, so we keep getting tied up by, oh, these, this, this group and this group are in war and this group and this group are in war. And we keep clearing it up and taking more and expanding and taking more and like going up and up and up in the influence. We should be pending expansion. Very, very soon. I'm figuring probably by around the end of the weekend. Uh, so stay tuned for that. We've been, it's just been rough going, slogging through the system while we, you know, go through the process of, of getting everything sorted out. So yeah, yeah. Um, so like I said, we're, we're going to go pending expansion soon and we will let you know when that happened all right in the meantime um i want to give a huge shout out to the black sky legion bsl1 is the code on on pc for the for the uh squadron it's the official squadron of the black sky legion and um 
yes, it's when you get to the point where you're at the very, very end and also doing stuff very close to soul, everything gets to be a sort of huge, huge pain in the ass, but we are getting it done. Which takes us to the next uh, segment, which is a public service announcement Reddit with regard to dropping out of the uh, uh, ring, dropping out in a ring too fast. So here we go. Today, I make history. Me, my nail, you. And uh, yeah, boys and girls, that's why you don't want to stop too quick <laughs> coming out of a ring. I, I saw that on Reddit tweet, and I just thought that was absolutely hilarious. So I had to, I just, you know. Things, things not to do while flying your spaceship. Right? For sure. Uh, so, uh, yes, yes. Gotta love the expanse. All right. So Who doesn't? Next up after that, there's a new sort of app that is sweeping through the Elite Dangerous community. Uh, you can see it on different Reddits and Facebooks and Discords. People are posting stuff. There is this app called Wombo.ai, and I think you can get it on, I don't know, apps. I don't know computer shit. I think you could get it both on Apple. Uh, I know for sure you can get it on Apple but because I got it. I think you could also get it on Android, and it lets you take a picture of an avatar of your avatar for your commander or your friend's commander or, you know, an engineer or a power play leader. And if you want to make them sing some silly shit and do some funny shit, check this out. Here is everyone's favorite weird creep, Etienne Dorn. And if you happen to get caught up in an occupied escape cop, uh, pod and delivered to him, when the pod opens up, this will probably be the last thing that you hear and see in this life. Ready? Here we go. Yeah, that is that is some silly shit. But for those of you out there, uh, I think it's big, huge on Facebook. I don't do Facebook, but I know it's popping up on discords everywhere and going pretty much all across the elite dangerous community. It's it's some funny, funny shit. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe maybe check in on that. Maybe that's some some shit that you want to get. If so, it's uh, like I said, uh, there's a link to the thing, but the name of the the stupid little app is Wombo AI, and it does a pretty good job of you can pick a bunch of different songs, and you know you can make your buddy's commander go do that, you know, ooh, you touched my ooh la la or whatever that fucking stupid song. Is. <laughs> so yeah, if you're into some silly shit, have fun with that. Knock yourself out; it's free. Do do what you do. Which takes us to our next bit of news, which is system chat. Now. Some of you guys may remember, I was the first guest, uh, well, one of the first guests on System Chat. It was both myself and uh, Wolf Dragon uh, that that uh, went on System Chat, and we had a ton of fun 
with uh, two amazing hosts, which are Boss Lady B and WK Jazz. I love Boss Lady B. I love WK Jazz. You guys know, you guys have heard them on this show multiple times. You know, they are the best of good people. Like, no shit. No, I know there's a lot of sort of fakery in different things where content creators are like, oh, they're lovely when they're like, I can't stand this dude. Like legit, I'm telling you, Boss Lady B and WK Jez are the best of good people. They are fucking legit ride or die good people. They had me on for their first episode with, with Wolf Dragon. Uh, the second episode was also phenomenal. It was, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, their second episode was way better than their first episode because it, it didn't have me on it. It had instead the uh, fucking amazing and lovely Souverine and the amazing and lovely Nick Webb uh, of uh, Sagittarius Eye Magazine and SPVFA. Uh, and they were incredible and they did a, a great uh, uh, interview. This week... They had on, had on community manager Bruce Garrido. And next week, they're having on some loser. I forget his name. Who tweet? Who's the guy they're having on next week? Yeah, some some loser. Um oh wait, wait. That, that's actually me. I'm I'm gonna be on system chat Monday night. It's I'm gonna you. looking forward to talking to boss and jazz. Yeah. Gonna have a good time. Tweet. So okay. Just to give you a heads up, there's two ways you can listen to system chat. Now, here's the right way to do it. There's the wrong way to do it, and there's the right way to do it. The wrong way to do it is to listen to them on Spotify, to the podcast that they'll do like a half hour to an hour, whatever. Um, That's the wrong way to do it. Here's the right way to do it. The right way to do it is to catch them live if you can. If you cannot catch them live, you can catch the video of it on their streams, they alternate between Boss Lady B and WK Jez. You catch the full like two hour, two and a half hour, hour and 50 minutes, whatever it comes out to raw, right? Catch that live. And if you can't catch it live, catch the VOD later the day, the next day, whatever. I never get to catch them live anymore. It sucks because they record Monday afternoon when I'm at work. But I do watch it Monday night when I get home. And then, after you've caught the full two-hour experience, go back on Wednesday, Thursday. It's like normally Wednesday. It gets posted up as like a 30-minute, 40-minute. This week's with with Bruce Carrito was like 110 minutes or whatever. Like, go back and catch catch it on Spotify, too, while you're driving in the car. You don't need to catch it once. You need to catch it twice because then you get... The full unedited, and you get to hear some stuff that maybe didn't make it into the edited bit, and you then get to catch the edited, you know, full-on bit. But I just, I cannot highly enough recommend to you guys, because I know, it's like, oh, there's a lot of podcasts. I listen to Live Radio. I listen to Elite Week. I listen to, you know, uh, Loose Screws and System Chat, and th- or this one and that one and whatever. All kinds of stuff. Um, you definitely need to make room for System Chat because System Chat is one of the ones that I think you're more likely to catch some fucking hot scoops on. And while we're talking about that, 
Why don't we I get should, into I should point ahead. out real quick, Kai, that this this week's episode, Monday night, mm-hmm. is actually gonna be a little later. You should be able to listen to it live. We're gonna be doing it at eight PM Eastern Monday night, I believe. That sounds fantastic. I am down for that. I'm there for that. Uh eight PM Eastern. Uh for sure I'm gonna absolutely be there. Yeah, I see Boss Lady in the chat. So in my episode, I was a little drunk. And uh, (laughs) called out a bunch of gankers, specifically by name, and then just gankers in general, and said, hey, I'm in open. I'm here. I'm going to be here for the next hour or two. Come. This is the system I'm in. Come. Let's go. And yeah. And they edited that out of the podcast because they're good and classy people. They're not like me. I'm I'm a lowlife. I'm like, yo, let's scrap. You want to do something? How about I pop you right in the mouth? Oh, hello, Father Bill. Greetings. We were just talking about how... We enjoy the entire community and try to avoid any kind of confrontations. All right. So, uh, yeah, (laughs) System Chat is a great show. And I teased up front. I told you guys, Odyssey Alpha Inside Scoop. And I know a lot of people are here like, all right, is this just clickbait? Are you full of it? What's the deal? So, yeah, let's get right to it. This week on System Chat, uh, like I said, Boss Lady and Jez had on Bruce Garrido. And they talked to him about a couple of things. And there were a couple of notes that I made that I said, hey, this is crazy cool and is not being discussed on the official Elite Dangerous uh, community manager stream for some unknown reason. So I made some notes. I made some clips. And I thought I would share them with you guys. I hope you enjoy. Here we go. The very first clip was an interesting uh uh thing that Bruce said where he was asked about like you know hey how's the alpha going to go or whatever and he said flat out it's going to be an incremental thing they're going to have like they're going to start off with just oh here go out and fly around and do some stuff but then they're going to be adding things throughout the period now we know that it's a 6 week alpha but what we didn't officially know is that there are going to be bits and pieces that get sort of turned on as the alpha progresses. Maybe we're talking about, you know, uh, something with uh, the boots on the ground. Maybe we're talking about something with, uh, you know, salvaging or hacking or whatever, the exobiology. We didn't get exact details, but this is the first place that I can recall where a community manager said on the record publicly that there are going to be a phase rollout with additional stuff coming in. So check this out. Hear him say it for yourself. You don't have to take my word for it. Got it for you. Here we go. Address your first point. You're right in that the alpha will come sort of incrementally. Um, the first bit will very much be just, you know, let loose, get in there and fly around and walk around and, and just play with everything. Um, and then we're sort of going to add more content sort of in bits um, to see to see what happens pretty much. Um, and we'll, we'll be transparent about that sort of as, as we're about to do it. And, and when it's happening, um, we'll communicate with you guys. It, it don't consider it sort of direction again at, at any point in the alpha, just play and do whatever you want. It's more about us keeping track of things and seeing the effects they have. Um, and then in terms of information on Odyssey pre alpha, um, we do have some more bits to share with you guys. Um, so stay tuned for that. To address your first point, you're right in that the alpha will come 
So stay tuned for that. So right off the bat, uh, like I said, you heard it right from his mouth. There are going to be sort of additional things that get rolled into the alpha as it progresses. So it's going to start off with one set of things and then continue to expand as it goes on. Um, Adding content in stages. Yes. And I am completely baffled as to why we have this being stated publicly by a community manager on system chat, which don't get me wrong, I love system chat, but why it's not being stated on the official streams they did too this week and didn't say much of anything about Odyssey on them. So, yeah, that's that's the first thing. What do you think about that, Tweak? I think it's a little crazy, honestly. I, I, I credit Boss Lady and WK Jez for, for squeezing the oil out of the rock, per se. I, I am beside myself wondering why the hell, excuse me, Father Bill, why the heck FDEV just won't give us any information. Why would they not share this information that they're going to be adding content in phases as mm. they go with the alpha? Why would they not share that on their Tuesday stream or their Thursday stream? It makes no sense to me. Well, let me just correct you right there and let you know that FDEV is absolutely sharing this information. And if you want it, you just have to listen to System Chat. The full interview <laughs> is in the show notes. Go and check it out. Go to Spotify. Subscribe to that thing. And yeah, check it out as it comes out because it's good stuff. Another thing that was said on this by Bruce again. Now, this was interesting because Boss Lady brought up a point and was talking to him about the buildings. Was talking to him about like building layouts and this, that, and the other. And Bruce responded. Now, I, I need you to know for context, I couldn't, you can only make like a minute long clip at most from this stuff when you clip out the stuff from, from, from Twitch, uh, Avad. But go back and listen to the whole thing and you, you will see. I'm not lying to you when I say this. Boss Lady was specifically asking him about building stuff. And he was talking about how, yeah, buildings are cool. Like in that video you saw, they actually, every one of those buildings had a full interior, had a full layout, had a full whatever. But this next point or, or, or thing was said by Bruce when they were talking in relation to the buildings. Check it out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it, it's going to go beyond settlements as well. So I won't say too much, but similar to how you have, um, signals pop up um sort of random event style while you're sort of flying through the system um you'll have points of interest and sort of not quite random events but um things pop up on the surface as you're exploring a planet on foot um to interact with as well so yeah ex exploration no longer sort of stops at being in the ship um that's going to continue on foot as well we talk a lot about sort of the combat and um, exobargy and stuff, but uh, no, exploration is going to be a real thing on the ground as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, right there. Again, this was in co the context of the conversation was they were just talking about interesting buildings and stuff, and Bruce pointed out, like, oh, there's, uh, you know, going to be also as you fly around, there's going to be stuff popping up. Uh, points of interest or signal sources or things that show up that are going to be on the ground. Now, I've already assumed, I've always assumed that as we fly by, they're going to generate points of interest that are like wrecks that are going to be um, 
you know, what do you call it? Like, you know, oh, here's a wreck that you can salvage, use the salvaging, whatever. Um, but when you say it, when you guys are in the process of talking about how the cool buildings are, I mean, he did not confirm it. He did not explicitly state it. But to me, when you listen to the whole thing in context, it sounded very much like he was saying, oh, yeah, there's also going to be some sort of, you know, little buildings, some little things that show up. Now, I know that we have existing in the game now some of those bases, the, the ones that are like you have to scan for it and go and scan the little probe. Those are sort of generated randomly. But I would be very interested to see. One of the things I'm definitely going to be looking for in the alpha is when we go and check out like planets and this, that, or the other, are we going to be seeing buildings that just pop up and you can go in there and, you know, I don't know, explore it. Maybe there's something in there. Maybe who knows? But um, that's something that got me very, very interested and very, very uh, excited. So, yeah. In addition to that, <clears throat> there were a couple other interesting things that were said by uh, by Bruce. At one point, uh, Boss Lady had said, oh, my God, she loved the video that just happened this week about the, you know, the SRV they got that people nudged all the way for like six hours to get it to a fleet carrier. And Boss Lady said, man, I cannot wait until... Um, you know, somebody does that with a player, someone like literally you, you get a, a player on foot, an FPS or or, or what I'm going to call a uh, uh, an OFP, an on foot player, an on foot player standing on on, on a on a, um, you know, ship or riding in an SRV, whatever. And then you get to the place to a fleet carrier and then the person gets out of the the SRV or the person gets nudged all the way. Uh, she was basically saying, can't wait till I see a person in a suit on a fleet carrier. And Bruce started to disagree and then caught himself and pulled back, offering a very tepid statement about how, well, Odyssey will bring all sorts of new and interesting interactions. I think, and this is not officially stated, but I think there's going to be some block against sort of getting out in space on your suit. I think... They don't have EVA set up yet. It's, this is very clear to everyone. Um, I don't think we're going to get EVAs proper until uh, as an adjunct or an add-on after we get walking in ships, uh, you know, ship internals, whatever. Uh, so, yeah, I just I found it very, very interesting. Again, go back and listen to the full interview. Uh, and maybe you'll disagree. Maybe you'll think that uh, I'm wrong in my assumption. But I very much believe that he started to say, like, yeah, no, don't expect that. And then caught himself like, oh, crap, I can't go on the record on this. And then pulled back and just made a tepid general statement. And lastly, I want to just say again, check out the Amazing System Chat podcast recorded live stream every Monday on Boss Lady Bay. Boss Lady B or WKJS's stream. And the full unfiltered uh, talk is there. You can catch it later on a VOD. Or uh, WKJS does an amazing job of editing it down to a sort of a podcast form for Spotify. Uh, they are on Anchor, so you can catch them on anchor.fm. Hopefully, I, I hope they'll soon be on, you know, iTunes and Google Play and all of the other things. Boss Lady, hint, hint. Uh, but yeah, 
It's super, super awesome. Go and check it out. There is a link to the full video of the, uh, of the, you know, interview in the show notes. And I'm going to post it right now real quick in the, just in the chat in YouTube and in Twitch so that people can go check it out as soon as the show ends, because that shit is legit. All right. Which takes us to our next thing up. Let's see here. Let's go back to the slideshow. I'd like to add real quick, Kai, the the one other thing that I heard Bruce say on that system chat interview was, and I can't remember if it was a question posed to him or if it was just a general, what, what did you enjoy? And he was talking very excitedly about ship watching in the, 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 the space bars inside the, Mm -hmm. uh, the large space stations and such. And just the way he was talking about it reminded me of how much I'm looking forward to this kind of thing. And it's encouraging to hear somebody that close to the game get Mm -hmm. genuinely excited like that you know and it's just it it breathes a little bit of a bright spot to to something that i haven't had a bright spot in a little bit so absolutely i will say this um i found it interesting that he said this now this was recorded on monday so and he was like yeah We've got just two weeks until the alpha launches. And between now and then, we've got more tidbits we're going to be sharing. We're going to, you know, and they've said on the stream last week, not this week, but the, the, you know, previously. And even they said when they did the, that gameplay edited thing, they were like, yeah, we've got more that we're going to be showing you. We know you guys want to see non-combat stuff. We got more to show you on that. We got more to show you on salvaging and, and hacking and, uh, this and that and entry and all we got more to show you. We're going to show you lots of stuff. All right. I'm not trying to be smart, but I'm just going to point out the fact that when they said all that, they had four streams left before alpha starts this week. They did two streams and did not talk about odyssey really at all. Uh, and we did get some tidbits. We did get some tidbits on Twitter, and we're going to talk about that in a bit. But I am baffled that we did not get more. Look, we Frontier, we love you. We love your game. We want to root for you. Please show us some stuff. Like, I, I, I've said it before, and I will say it again. Frontier Developments as a company is all IQ and no EQ. They need to get some people in there that know how to handle marketing, messaging, community management, what have you. And, and, and like market, we're here. You have a rabid fan base that wants to love you. Give, give them something to love, please. You have give us some morsels. More, you have two more streams until the thing launches the alpha. Please, for the love of God, pack those streams with stuff. All right. They have to know, don't they? They have to know that on these streams that 99% of those of us that are watching these streams are watching them in hopes of some Odyssey information. And all we're getting is watching them play the game that we've all been playing for years as it is. It's, it's, It's really quite frustrating for me. I don't understand their thought process. Yeah. 
Next up, I want to highlight Emulated Penguin. Uh, he put out a video on his channel called ED Chronicles and Dev Diary Mashup. Now, this is all sort of videos and clips and whatnot that Frontier put out of their stuff, but he did a masterful job of sort of cutting it and editing it and mashing it up together in a way that is amazing. Uh, I talked to him about it, told him I wanted to give him a shout out. And I also told him, hey, man, can I use that on our uh, our slideshow video presentation or whatever? And he was like, yeah, go for it. It's all good. I'm, I'm, I'm super glad that you like it. So uh, the link is in the show note to the full video. Go check it out. Subscribe to Emulated Penguin. Very, very cool content creator. Uh, next up, we've got Malik with the Mind Map of Conspiracy. There's a link in the show notes. Uh, it is a crazy, weird wall of, you know, those murder walls, those conspiracy theory, like from Charlie Day from the uh, Always Sunny. It's one of those uh, with like lots of conspiracy stuff from Galnet articles and tying bunches of stuff together. I posted it. It's in the Elite Week Discord under the Tinfoil uh, channel. And uh, yeah, I mean, if you're if that's the kind of stuff that you're into, go and check it out. It's interesting. Link is in the show notes. All right. Now we've got to pick a winner at random from all of the videos from February. The way this goes is, as I said, we will pick one ra random commenter from any of the comments made for our, each month, and they will win a prize. And this month, uh, the prize is an album, uh, Expedition Artemis by Miguel Johnson, the amazing uh, content creator. He makes music, composes music for Elite Dangerous and Star Citizen. So we're going to do this live right now. Tweaked, I need you to pick a number between one and five to pick the video. I'm going to pick lucky number four then. Who it's lucky for, we don't know just yet. All right. So video four, let me pull it up your channel. Okay, so that will be 63, Elite Week episode 63. Let me go to the videos. And all right, now I'm in the notes for episode 63. And oh, there are 42 comments on this video. Pick a number between 1 and 42, tweet. 21. All right. The winner of this month's competition is Adam Harper. Adam Harper, uh, who his comment was, just for the record, I'd love more ships, but I think we also need new land vehicles and type and type of long-range jump ships for racing, but without the ability to benefit from long-range like weapons or scanners. We need a new type of ship slash role or ideas as well as just new looks. I think I understand what he's saying there, and I dig it all. I, I like new roles. I like new ideas for ships. I, that is some good stuff. So, Adam Harper, if you are hearing this, either now, live, or, you know, anytime in the next week or so, you know, on a recording, feel free to message me in the Elite Week Discord, and uh, I will authenticate your who you are in, in YouTube comments, and we will get you all sorted. All right. Got it saved. So congratulations. Again, this will this is going again this month. So sometime in April, uh, after 
you know, after March closes out, I will, we will go through and we will pick out live on air the winner of the March uh, contest. And all you have to do to enter into this contest is just leave a comment on any one of the episodes of Elite Week for the month of March. You don't have to agree with us. It's not a thing of like, you have to give us a thumbs up or whatever. Thumbs up, thumbs down, do what you feel is right. Comment can be, hey, this is great. I agree with you. Or, hey, I've got this other idea. Or, hey, I think you're just dead wrong. It's, that's not going to affect whether you win or, you know, don't win or whatever. It's it's all just completely at random. But get involved in the conversation, both to express yourself and be a part of the conversation, but also, you know, to maybe win something. Win something's good. All right. So next up. Now here we're going to start with three videos that have some interesting things to them. The first is a video by Guy Price. This is an old video, but back in the day, it wasn't that big of a deal because everybody used to kill Thargoid scouts for very quick, uh, you know, reputation gains. That was the quickest way Combat to get rank. to elite. Combat rank, yes. And subsequently, they've nerfed the hell out of the Thargoid scouts while significantly buffing the Thargoid Interceptors. The easiest Interceptor to kill, the lowest rank Interceptor, is the Cyclops. And it gives out really good reputation and actually decent money since they made the change. Well, there's a link in the show notes that we will have for you. Guy Pierce, or Price rather, sorry, put out a video with a how-to solo kill a cyclops in 10 seconds for fast money and rank it's using shard cannons he shows a very specific way you want to have a certain amount of capacitor available you want to have a um you know certain ammo and, and loadout check out the video that he posted up it, it he shows it repeatedly he demonstrates how it works and he is solo killing cyclops in seconds now, that is very, very useful with regard to how much the Cyclops got buffed. All the Interceptors really got buffed. Next up, we've got a video from Down to Earth Astronomy. The egg is back. The egg 2.0. This video was just posted today. It's a 10-minute long video. In it, he shows how you can make approximately 100 mil an hour mining. Now, this is not including prep time. This is just the mining time. I want to state very clearly, this is not overpowered. This is not crazy overpowered. This is a little more or about what you can make in a good map uh, mine. In fact, you could probably do better even map mining. This is um, far enough from the bubble to make it pretty fleet carrier dependent. It's an elaborate process where you have to get to the 2.0 egg, which is like 600 kilometers from the hotspot central. Um, it has four LTD subsurface deposits to farm. You have to log out and reload the instance. Every time you do that, you're going to be spawning pirates to fight. So even though this is not crazy broken money, it is subsurface mining which is more challenging and fun and interesting than the sort of regular laser mining. You get to do a mix of sort of higher thought process, higher skill, higher 
quality gameplay in doing subsurface deposit mining, while at the same time getting to do combat sort of to break up each sort of one of the rounds. Uh, a word of advice, take a PDC, take a personal uh, defense cannon to, and, and put it on the bottom of your ship because you're going to get hatchbreaker limpets thrown at you. Now, I want to be very clear. This, to me, is definitely not cheating or botting. Okay? That's, that's a ho way higher level than what this is. This, I would consider an exploit. I really would, except for the fact that it doesn't really make you more money than you can make doing other, you know, map mining or whatever. So as a result of the fact that it isn't crazy overpowered, the old egg was an exploit for sure, because you could make 400, 500,000 credits, or sorry, 500, 400, 500 million credits an hour doing this. And that was, you know, th so that, that I felt very clearly was an exploit. I feel like the same thing, I think because of the lowered credit potential per hour and the fact that if you really just wanted the maximum money with the minimum work, the better way to do that would be other forms of mining. What this does is allow you to do the type of mining that you want instead of the brainless mining. I, I, I think that the subsurface deposit is really the coolest mining minigame. Now, some people might think, you know, hey, man, I, I like the cores better. But regardless, laser mining, we can all agree, is brainless. Core mining and subsurface deposit mining is like, how do I say it? It, it, it requires work. It's fun. It, it's interesting. You, you can't do it while you're AFK watching a TV show on the second screen. You have to actually work at it. So while I will say this is for sure cheese, like I, I consider there, there is kosher gameplay, there is cheese gameplay, there is exploit gameplay, and cheating. Kosher is 100% as intended and everything is kosher. Everything is going as it's supposed to. Cheese is not as originally intended, but not so crazy broken as to be a thing that the game developers really feel like they need to like get involved and 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 change. So cheese would be shit like how we relog, we do the 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 flop to, you know, you, you log out and you come back to refarm the same high grade signal source. That is for sure cheese, but Frontier has said that they do not consider it an exploit. And I feel like honestly, again, the difference between cheese and exploit is just how overpowered is it? And I don't think that this is crazy overpowered. It just lets you play in a more fun way. You get to blow some shit up and do some combat in between doing higher skill mining than the brain dead mining. Again, so then the, the next level, if it was more crazy overpowered, then it would move up to an exploit. And an exploit is a thing that Frontier shouldn't punish you over, but they should fix it. They should close the loop and take away the, the, the free cheese. And then the next level is cheating or botting. And cheating or botting, I think your shit should get taken away. I think you should get banned. You should get in trouble. This is bad. So that's my argument for how I feel about it. I now ask you, Tweet, what do you, what's, what's your opinion? Do you share my opinion well, that like, this isn't kosher, but this isn't an exploit? This is just cheese? Or do you think it's stronger than that? 
I think it's a little bit stronger than that, personally. Quick, like, refresh my memory. The last time there was an egg and you did make a lot of money, did FDEV take that money back? I know they've done that a few times. Was that one of those occasions? They did not take the money back from the egg. But um, the the last time that I remember them taking the money back was from the Rockforth Fertilizer, which was a crazy strong exploit, which was even way stronger than the egg. The egg, 1.0, though, People were legitimately making 400 to 500 million an hour with right. this, with this method, you can make a hundred million an hour, which you can make yeah. other ways mining that to me, you that's can. why I don't feel it's crazy, crazy broken. I still call it an exploit though, because you have to relog to do it. And I know, I know <laughs> FDEV wants us to relog when we're getting our manufactured mats, high grade signal sources. Yeah. I don't like but that either. That's the difference it, 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 with our, High-grade sources, we don't really have a choice. You have to do that if you want to get that stuff. The FDEV has given us no other avenue. Mining, you can make this money other ways. So I still consider this a little bit of an exploit. I will not be going out taking part in this. Uh, those of you that want to do it, more power to you. I don't begrudge you doing that by any means. Go get your, go get that cash. But, hmm. but I don't like doing it that way. I'd, I'd rather do everything above board it. if possible. I, I. So here's the thing. I think that. You know, my opinion is right because obviously it's my opinion. That's how humans work. (laughs) But I think that it is within enough of a gray area that I allow for your opinion to be valid. I think it's this isn't a clear cut. One of us is right and one of us is wrong. This is more. I think this is more a matter of sort of opinion. So I can get if Frontier were to side with your opinion on this. Uh, and say like, yeah, we think it's slightly stronger than cheese. It's a gray area, but it's more towards the side of exploit than cheese. We're going to close that off. I wouldn't be heartbroken about it at all. But I do think those people that are like, oh, my God, I missed subsurface deposit mining. That was more fun. Oh, my God, I'd rather blow some shit up every few minutes. That is more fun. As opposed to the ones that are like, I'm mining the same map over and over and over. I point at rock. I watch Babylon 5 on second screen. Uh, You know, whatever. But I'm interested to hear, and that is one of the discussion topics for today. So put in the comments when the show is done, put in the comment section what you think. Do you think that this is... Because I I honestly, and maybe you just think my opinion is entirely wrong, but I think the only difference between cheese and exploit is how powerful it is. And I don't think this is very powerful. I think this is just giving you the ability to choose your form of gameplay. But I want to hear your opinion. And while we're on the subject of stuff that could be, is it cheese, is it exploit, let's move on to Hawk's gaming video. This has made the rounds all week. Everybody's talked about it. Um, Basically, he put out a video saying, like, you can AFK farm, uh, you know, and get billions. Okay. Um, let's talk about some of the details. Let's talk about some of the details here. Number one, you're AFK farming in a low res site with a engineered T10 turret boat. That's going to take you a lot of sort of hassle to set up. The claim that you can earn billions. Mm, that might be a little bit of an overstate. I mean, technically, yes, if you do something long enough, you could earn a ton of money, but like, this requires a hell of a lot of AFK time. You need to engineer the boat. You need to flip and 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 stack the missions, the massacre missions, to sort of make this be viable. 
you're going to a low res. It's a lot of prep just so that you can enjoy, quote, walking away from the game for many hours at a low res site in solo. If you go in a high res, you're going to get your ass eaten. If you if you stay in solo, you're going to come back to or open. You're going to come back to find you're dead. To me, again, I think this seems like a lot of work just so you can cheese some low earnings pay rate when money is so easy to get in this game. It just is. Now, this could be a legitimate gameplay loop that someone finds fun. I know there are people out there that they're like, I can't wait to buy FIFA Manager 2022, or I can't wait to buy Formula One Manager, or I can't wait to buy, you know, Major League Baseball Manager 2022. This is so great. And it's like, well, what do you do? Well, I set up the roster of my team and I blah, blah, blah. And then and it's like, okay, do you play the game? Well, no, the game just plays on its own. I do the management side of it. I know that there are people out there that love that shit. I, to me, I would rather, it's like, uh, can I just can I just give you $20 and you just punch me in the nuts instead? Like, it seems less painful than sitting there and fucking trying to play equipment manager. Like, those were the nerds in fucking football. When I, when I was in high school and when we were playing football and they were the equipment managers, like, I cannot tell you how little interest I have in doing this. To set all of this up and go through all of this hassle for the pleasure or honor of walking away for eight to 10 hours while this thing ekes out, oh, here, look, we made you 200 million. Like, that's all. Dude, you can make money way easy in this game and have fun doing it. This, to me, if this was way more powerful, if this earned crazy money, I would definitely, it's not cheating because you're not using a bot or whatever. So it's definitely not cheating. But if this was powerful and earned a ton of money, I would for sure call it an exploit. But it earns so little money for so much hassle that, again, I don't label this as an exploit. I label this as cheese. You choose to do it. That's your business. I personally could not give a shit to earn that poor an amount of money. Tweet, your thoughts on this one. Totally cheese. Definitely not an exploit. I agree, but totally cheese. And I'm not yeah. even sure it, it'll work. I actually saw somebody post on, I believe it was one of the uh, Elite Dangerous pages on Facebook that they tried. They, they posted that video and they tried it and they said yeah, they made a little bit of money, but within two hours, their ship was about ready to die and they had to get out. So it's uh, just I, I can't like you said, credits in this game are so easy to come by. You have to put in a little bit of work. You have to put in a little bit of time. But if you do it, you get your credits. And credits are not scarce scarce in this game. Uh, I guess if you want to go leave your ship there and go make dinner with the family or something like that, I can see that once in a while. But all in all, you can go bounty hunting. You can go any type of mining. You can do whatever the hell you want to do to make money in this game. And you're going to make pretty good money. To, mm. to build a Type 10 turret boat and just let it sit there in a low res? You know how long it would take to get a billion credits in a low res resource site? Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. And keep in mind, even Hawks, when he made the video, he's like, yeah, you know, I did it this time and I went out there and my T-10 blew up. You know, whatever, it happens sometimes. And you're like, what? Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, 
Yeah, I see down-to-earth astronomy in the chat. It does work, <laughs> but make one mistake and you'll wake up at the rebuy screen. And to me, like, I, I, I agree. But there's so many things you could do. That, like, I have fun earning money in this game. I don't want to... I, just, I think a lot of games I'll see where, like, in Final Fantasy XIV, this was a thing. And WoW, I think there's a thing where it's like, you can level up your character or you can give them like 40 bucks or 50 bucks on your credit card and they'll give you a level 50 character or a level 70 or level like a high they'll they'll give you a character up to a certain level and i always because you would see people that would buy that they would they would pay to like jump ahead in their class and i was always like wait a second why would i pay you a monthly fee so that i can play a game and then pay you on my credit card for the privilege of skipping that. That's my gameplay. That's what I want to do. I don't want to pay money to not play the game. That is, yeah, that's elite boring. Uh, I sh- I'd rather I should play elite say dangerous. Too, yeah, I should say too, I am one of those guys that you were referencing earlier. Years ago, many, many years ago now, probably I'll date myself. There was a NFL head coach game where you built the roster, you called the plays, but you did not actually play the game. It was a lot of fun. I love the strategy, the X's and O's. I, I can get into that kind of thing. On okay. Elite, I want to fly my spaceships. I want to pull the trigger. I want to be doing all the things that we do in this game. I don't want the computer to do it for me. Yeah, I mean, if I wanted to go back to playing a spreadsheet game, I'd be playing EVE. But yeah, all right, so there's that. Those are, you know, what are your thoughts on, 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 I want to hear from the comment section. What do you think about the, the guy price, uh, with his, uh, way to solo gib, uh, hy- not hydras, uh, cyclopses. What do you think of, uh, the new egg, the egg 2.0 that, uh, our brother from another mother down to earth who's in the chat had talked about again i think with the egg thing i think i see the egg thing is the same thing as this hawks thing it's not powerful enough to be cheating for sure go i mean it's not cheating that's just unquestionable but it's not powerful enough to be an exploit i find it to be cheese and cheese is a thing that people can say i'm into or i'm not into the cheese of doing the egg 2.0 if i i don't want to mine i'm good right now on money i don't need to think about that but if i wanted to mine i would definitely do the egg 2.0 because it's not so crazy powerful that it's broken it's just saying i'd rather do a little bit of combat every five to six minutes and play a much higher level gameplay of subsurface deposit mining than i would be mindless just laser mining and i think if frontier fixed i think if frontier fixed mining a little bit and made because i think that subsurface deposit mining and core mining those gameplay loops should pay a little more so that it's not right now the most valuable way to mine is laser mining that's the lowest skill if the frontier had their stuff right the most powerful the most skill intensive gameplay loop would be the most profitable and if that was the case where it was already more profitable to be subsurface deposit mining and to be, uh, what do you call it, um, uh, core mining, 
then you wouldn't need stuff like this. But honestly, the fact that somebody, some crazy brilliant person found this and said, hey man, the egg 2.0, you can now choose to play the more challenging where if you don't do it right, you're going to screw it up. Or you can just sit there and mind while you watch TV. I, I now listen, the, I like the, 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 the type 10 turret boat thing. I mean, if yeah. you're role playing, I guess I could see a purpose for it because I mean, if you're role playing and you pick up the hot table dancer from Omega four and you bring her in your ship, I mean, you're going to go make some money while you're, you're spending time with her in the back of your ship somewhere. I guess whoa, there's no whoa, better way whoa. to make your money, but <laughs> where, 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 but, where did this show take a left turn? I'm the one who's <laughs> drinking. What are you? Whoa. Hey now. Hey now. Uh, all right. I'm, so I'm just trying to find reasons to like it. That's all. <laughs> Fair. All right. Whatever. All right. So <clears throat> next up, we've got the pilot burn the bubble. A lot of people have been talking about this this week. The pilot put out a video and he's like, hey, man, we should burn the bubble. First off, it's not going to happen. Frontier does not want to impede the onboarding of new players. All right. So it's just a it ain't going to happen. B, it shouldn't happen. His proposal, even if we could talk to Frontier into it and say, hey, man, do this. And they were for some reason to decide to do it. This is a bad idea. His proposal is to spread out the existing power play superpowers across the galaxy. This is just not good. Power play already sucks and is kind of boring. And spreading out all of the competitors to points where they have a whole huge amount of room before they contact each other is going to do nothing but make for less interactions, less fun, less chances to mix it up. Now, a much better, his, his idea is part brilliant. The idea of using power play people to do this is a bad idea. Don't do that. The brilliant part of it is the part that we discussed on Elite Week months ago. Much better proposal would be the expansion core. A link is in the show notes. This was in the discussion topics that we talked about a couple months back, and I said, you should be able to go because we, we, this was back when everybody was talking about does Frontier, does uh, does Elite need a money sink? There's too much money in the game. How do we get rid of money? And I said, how about this? How about you create a thing called the Expansion Core? It's got offices in various spaces throughout the galaxy. And you go as a player or a player group and you say, I want to, I've done a survey, I've done a, a, a search of this area. And you come to them and you give them a system name and you say, and there's parameters, there's rules to all this, whatever. You can hear the whole half-hour conversation in that the link to that show notes. But you go and say, I want to start up a colony in X system. <clears throat> and if it's not system locked, and if it's outside of the bubble, it's whatever. It has to be a anarchy, you know, an empty system. Nobody's there. It has to fit certain criteria. And then they say, okay, cool. Give us 5 billion credits. Or give us a billion credits. Some number, I don't know. Whatever. Figure it out. You give them that billion credits or five billion or whatever. On the next tick, a little ship goes out there from the expansion core and they say, we are here now to build a station <clears throat> and we've started the process. What kind of station do you want? And the person who buys the license for a billion or five billion or ten, whatever credits up front that person buys the license, they say, I want a Coriolis station, or I want a this station, or I want a that station. 
Uh, I think we said the way we said it is you start off with a shoebox station. And you could say, you know, I want this, that, and the other. I want it to have these parameters, this, whatever. And then it starts. It doesn't just make you a station. It starts a CG, a group CG for you and your player group. Whether this is your friends, whether this is your squadron, whether this is your player minor faction, whatever. You paid the money for the license, and now it tells you you have to haul this much crap out here. This much of this, this much of that, this much of this, this much of that. To build a station, a little station, just like we do already with CGs that Frontier puts out. And boom, you now have colonized after you, if you make it in time. If you don't, you, you paid your money, you lost your, 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 your deal. But if you do, if you successfully bring enough stuff, then boom, on the next tick, a station pops up there and it'll be, you know, elite week, you know, station. And, and the faction that's there is the dark wheel, you know, whatever. I guess you have to use a player minor faction. You can't use an NPC faction, but it'll be your faction will be there. Now, you own the station to begin with. But it still follows all of the regular rules of the power play, the BGS, whatever. So that means that if somebody expands out in that direction and they're the closest, that, that it becomes that they can expand out to you. And now you have to, you know, they can take it away from you. You get to, to start off with because you paid the money to build it. But it's not like you own it for forever and it's a guarantee. You got to fight, follow all the regular BGS rules to keep that shit. And then after it's had a certain amount of time, you can get missions on the mission board to take colonists out there, to grow it, to expand it. And after you get to a certain population, because you've achieved all these unlocks in the mission board, then you can go out and pay them another fee to now send out another workship and expand that little shoebox station into a Coriolis or a whatever. It could be very good fun. Now, alternatively, there might be a reason why Frontier on the back end says, you know, we don't want to give players that freedom. We don't want to do all that. We have other plans. Okay, fine. If that's the case, then I say, how about you just use your existing groups, don't make it a player group, and just move, okay, we've we've moved, we've started these four micro bubbles, these four little new colonies that are out there. Just the same way as we have the bubble, and then we had Colonia added to it. Now we have the bubble and Colonia, and then they added the coal sack, and now we have the bubble and Colonia and the coal sack. There's no reason why Frontier can't, even if they don't want to give us the power to do it or the, 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 the ability to control it, if they want to keep tighter control on it, that's fine. But how about they just open up some new systems some new little spots out here and there and then those things can grow at whatever rate frontier is happy with but they can make cgs out there and people go out there and expand and whatever and it would be very cool to have three or four new little colonias spread out across the galaxy don't make it power play or at least not to start you can have it expand out that way if the people can make it happen but don't you know by just saying we're going to move the empire 80,000 light years that way. We're going to move the Federation 20,000 light years that way. Well, now it just means they're not going to interact. That That's it's like, okay, how can we make power play more boring? Uh, spread it out. Like, that's just a bad idea. But yeah, so there was that. It was uh, the expansion core. It was a elite week discussion topic from a couple months back. Uh, I think uh, I think you guys should go check out the link and see what we're talking about there. In addition to that, um, 
while we're on it, while we're talking about PowerPlay, I've got also another link in the show notes, which talks about how they can sort of make PowerPlay more vibrant and fun and, and useful and a thing as opposed to sort of where it's at now, where it's just sort of sitting there. Um, all right. That takes us to... For news beyond the game, it's Frontier News. It's Frontier News. All right. So the streams this week, both of the streams were very, very skippable. Uh, unless you're into Legos or want to see the very cool Operation Ida guys and give them some some love. But I mean, as far as uh, Frontier News for, for uh, Odyssey, there just wasn't any. Yep. They were good if you're a new player. If you're new to all this and you're the experience and all this stuff kind of around your, you know, from the beginning of your commander's career, then they were good streams. But if you have any amount of time in the game and you're looking for something else, yep, totally hit the skip button. Yeah. Which takes us to the Galnet articles. Uh, the link is in the show note for all of this, but uh, we have the Galnet stories this week, March 15th. The superpowers respond to the nine martyrs attack. Um, yeah, there were some harshly worded letters. March 17th, the anti-NMLA intelligence unit formed. This is confusing to me because they went through a whole thing of saying like, hey, man, they were going to make some progress, but then they cut the summit short. But now we're getting a backdated story about they did sort of create some they signed some treaty which basically said that they could start act which was the anti something terrorism group uh which is like all right um yeah so early days yet to me this seems like just sort of another flavor of aegis but maybe it turns into something cool story-wise we'll see you know <clears throat> we'll see what it turns into um March 18th, medical supplies needed for starport bombing survivors. This is, you know, saying like, hey, man, this is the, the CG. This is the new stuff you're going to do. It's cool stuff. Go check it out. And just today, March 19th, Galactic Mysteries, the NMLA. This I found interesting because this was a situation where the sort of remember if you remember again another elite week uh discussion topic a while back where you said they should make icons they should make people that are sort of interesting people that you sort of follow the story of that they're larger than life but they are not power play people or engineers so that frontier could feel free to tell interesting stories with them but also kill them if for whatever reason it turned out to be advantageous for the storytelling and i feel like these two these this sort of Laurel and Hardy, this this dude and chick that are like this this dynamic duo of investigators, this this sort of uh, Hardy boy and Nancy Drew combo team. At first, they were all just about the sort of Colsack and the, the you know the Thargoid mystery and the Colsack and all that stuff. But now they're weighing in on researching the NMLA. I'm like, okay, what's going on with this? I think are we seeing. Tweak, do you think we're seeing like some new, some icon level sort of characters? Some some of these people that are like, they're going to be fixtures in the galaxy, but they are not sort of, they don't have plot armor because they're not power play. They're not engineers and they could be killed. What do you think about that, Tweak? I, I hope we are. 
but I'm suffering from a little bit of uh, shell shock, I guess, where FDEV leads up to something and then it never really has a payout to it. So I'm afraid that this is just going to be something that, that that they're here and, and you see a story about them every now and then, but it doesn't turn into anything. But you're, you're absolutely right. They're setting it up like uh, my thought, my actually my initial thought was, are these two going to get positioned so they do become power play leaders when Odyssey drops or something like that down the line? Hmm. I mean, it, it, if nothing else, it's interesting. Something's going on here with these two characters that, again, they started off as just sort of adjunct to a very specific story. And now it seems like their their scope has has spread a little. Right. They're now commenting on mysteries in the galaxy sort of as a whole, which, okay, cool, interesting. We'll see how that plays out. Which that takes us to the community goals. You guys know the whole story. There's the three community goals. You can, uh, it's ongoing, bring medical supplies to the places where there's bombing survivors. If you're in the top 75, you can get a permit for that faction as well as the reward for that faction. So for the feds, you get a soul permit and a class 3A overcharged and armored power plant. For the imps, you get a fully engineered class three A shield generator with thermal and kinetic resistance, as well as an Akinar permit. And for the Alliance, you get an Alioth permit and I shit you not a type six. <laughs> um, so to I'll me note though, for the record, <laughs> I'll, I'll note for yep. the record that both of those other two, uh, modules would fit the type six maybe there's some kind of a grab bag here of like you know got to catch them all if you get all three and you put it together it does i i don't know man i so like the type six is to me i mean unless you're brand new at the game less than useless the uh power plant that could be theoretically interesting in some cases for very, it's just a couple of very small, yeah, like only two or three small ships, very small ships. Like a Viper. The, the, the shield, I can't come up with any kind of a reason why I, w I would ever want that shield, considering if I'm going to be flying something that uses a class three shield, I, I don't even really use A-rated shields. I either use Biweave or Prismatic on pretty much everything. I... Mm -hmm. Okay, it's interesting. Couldn't agree I mean, more. I can't remember the last time I used an A-rated shield, so I wouldn't want this one at all. <laughs> now here is here is what's good: uh, three system permits, three capital system permits. If you're new to the game and you don't have the system permits for for Alioth, uh, Soul, and uh, 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 Akinar, you know this could be awesome. Although we just did a week of rescuing passengers from burning stations so i would think that probably people got a lot of rank but whatever the permits are cool i do think while these particular rewards do not sing to me personally at all i can't come up with any reason why i would want them i'm still gonna do them because i want to support i'm gonna do the cgs because i want to support this what i consider to be this is cool frontier is not for the longest time you guys can remember, we didn't have CGs. So let's not be shitty. Let's be appreciative of what we got. In addition to that, 
When we did have CGs, for the longest time, CGs were just, here's some money. What we're seeing lately here is we're seeing permits, we're seeing unique rewards, even if these ones don't, like I said, particularly reach out to me. We're seeing the, 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 the power plant, it's a double engineered modules, like, oh my God, now I feel shitty. As I'm saying this out loud, I feel shitty for just kind of ragging on it a minute ago, because it's like... That's cool. I mean, newer players and whatever. It's some cool shit. Um, I, I think a lot of this stuff, what we're seeing here, you know, we had, let's think back a couple months ago, you know, we had the Epic free accounts. A week or two ago, we had the uh, Xbox Pass, whatever. I think Game Frontier, Pass. Game Pass, yeah, that. I think Frontier is doing a lot, aiming it at, at the at the kids, at the new players, at the people coming in. And I want to salute them for like, okay, this is cool story. This is interesting. Your your permits, that's cool. You know, some stuff that's not just cash, that's cool. Um, so yeah, I guess uh, try to see the side of it, even though it's not for me personally, try to see the side of like, wow, this is cool. Um Frontier interviews and the Wednesday AMA and the Friday QA. Didn't 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 do any of them. We didn't have them this week. Uh, just I see. Yes, the Viper and the Adder are the only two uh, ships that uh, both have the class three max for their uh, uh, slots. But uh, I will point out with regard to the there are some ships that will use obviously smaller uh, shields uh, more more so. And sometimes 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 power plants for getting uh some mass out on a on a uh you know exploration ship so whatever tweak you had something on the on the the newer players i think you were agreeing with that yeah i was just gonna bring up the exact same point you had that for quite a while now and, and you brought it up before i even started noticing it probably two months ago or so that that they seem to be focusing all of their stuff towards new players they they don't care not to say they don't care, but they're not worrying about their longtime players like us right now. And to me, this is just another example of it. Props to FDEV for the double-engineered modules. That's very cool. But, I mean, I guess the double-engineered uh, power plant for my Viper Mark III might be useful. But other than that, uh, what do I want this stuff for? But if I was new and I saw this stuff, I'd be all over it. So, I, I just, I do. I think I feel like they're focusing all on the new players right now. Fair. And I mean, it's not to say that that's particularly bad, Tweak. I mean, some of us older players, you know, we're a week away from some, some new cool crap to play with and, you know, whatever. So, I, yeah, you know, it'd be okay. great. It would have been great when, when I was a new player. I'm not saying it is bad at all. It's, it's great on, on FDEV's part doing it for them. And, right. and yeah, hopefully in a week, you guys have some fun with some pretty cool new stuff, I'm hoping. So, hey, don't forget you. You're going to get your Michael Collins moment. I'll be watching through the window. Don't worry. <laughs> I'll bring you with. All right. So that takes us to the next thing, which were tweets. This week was a tweet of Palooza. We did actually get some information from Frontier, and it was new information, and it was in the form of tweets. They tweeted out starting on Tuesday, March 16th, one a day, new tool for the whole rest of the week. So March 16th, they showed us the energy link. The energy link is the tool that transfers energy between the user's suit battery and the target socket. 
It also discharges a powerful electrical pulse over a short distance. So here's some things that we know with regard to the energy link. We saw it for the very first time on the gameplay footage, you know, a couple Thursdays ago. It was the thing that whoever was playing the character that was being voiced by Zack, but it was not Zack, opened the door with. That's an actually an interesting, that's one of the very few things that I got from the live streams this week. On the Tuesday live stream, when they were just flying around doing CQC, uh, Zach forgot that he was supposed to be one of the guys that was playing in that little secret squirrel mission. And he actually asked Bruce what it was like doing the mission. And like, oh, yeah, it would be cool. What, what would you use for something like that? And it's like, dude, play along with the story, man. You got to remember you were there. I mean, wink, you were there. But yeah. So whoever was playing the character that was being voiced, uh, dubbed by Zach, use that energy link. What we know about it are a couple things. Number one, we know that it had two modes that we saw, minimum, uh, maybe more, but the two modes that we saw, and I, I think that it's probably the only two modes, were siphon and, uh, what was it? It was like siphon mode and like overcharge mode or overpower mode or whatever. The siphon mode, I mean, presumably you use that to suck juice from a battery and, and, and take it. Now you have it. The overcharge was the thing that he used like 40 some odd percent of his battery power to overload the thing and, 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 and sort of, uh, defeat the electronic lock on the door to get into the, to the, to the power cord room that they went to. I will note that the comment on here on that, what it does, it says that, you know, it discharges powerful electrical pulses over a short distance, which very much leads people to suspect or think that what you're talking about there is some sort of a, like a stun gun, like I shoot out an electric wave and that it stuns you. Uh, I know that Frontier were having problems with that. They had originally thought that this was going to be a stun gun. And then they had sort of a complaint or an issue that was raised a concern on that Peggy rating from the board. Uh, who said, like, you can't stun people because if you stun somebody and they're unconscious or immobile and then you shoot them, that is an execution. And an execution is more graphic, violent, more problematic, requires older people to see it than a regular murder. Baffling the world we live in, but okay. Um, I know that Frontier were trying to work around it. And I think, I hope, I think, and I hope, that they were successful because to me, to my mind, gameplay where you have a non-lethal option to, to defeat uh, a uh, uh, opponent without killing them is way more fun, way more interesting, way more worthwhile than only having the kill people option. Uh, so that's the energy link. The next day, they tweeted out the profile analyzer. So that was Wednesday, March 17th. Now, this is a first time we're seeing this tool. Um, and this is the first time that we're hearing about it in detail. We heard about it in general before in a nebulous sense in that they said you will have the ability to scan some targets and sort of spoof their data to get access to stuff. But it wasn't made clear explicitly at that point, whether you're just talking about scanning them as just, you know, you look at them with your visor on and whatever. Well, nope. Here we see that you have this thing, which is called the profile analyzer. Uh, it scans a target. 
update his uh, personal information so you can see like, okay, what is this guy? He's level this. What? Okay, he's that. He's that. Oh, he's going to be rough. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to avoid him because he looks like he'd be a tough fight or whatever. In addition, you could scan somebody and spoof their information. And now, oh, he's got access to level two rooms. Now I have access to level two rooms, etc. Which takes us to Thursday, March 18th. And on Thursday, we had the Art Cutter. The Art Cutter we've seen before. We knew about it. Uh, we heard about it first in, in concept when back when they were talking about different suit types and, and tools and whatever. And then we saw it in action on the gameplay video that they had um, where they broke into the, the power room. That was the thing they used to cut open the panel. The Art Cutter generates a beam specifically designed to cut through sturdy metal. They say this specifically designed to cut through sturdy metal because just like with the whole concept of if you stun someone and then shoot them in the face, that's an execution. Well, also, if you kill somebody by taking an arc cutter to them, like a, basically a, a, a laser saw and cutting them open, that's dismemberment. Dismemberment is different than first person shooter violence. It requires a higher Peggy rating for that reason. Frontiers already stated you categorically will not be able to saw people to death with your little art cutter. That is a no-go. Nil pois, as they say in the Eurovision Song Contest. Next up was Friday Today, in which they showed us the genetic sampler, a.k.a. the plant gun. We've all heard about it before. You know it. You love it. We want to see how the hell it works. The genetic sampler collects indexes. Samples from simple living organisms. Hopefully, next week, when we get the other uh, information, if they actually have real stream information, hopefully, we're going to see this thing in action. And then also, they had a bonus tweet today, which was 10 days to go. Uh, I very much like this tweet. It's not really uh, explicitly adding a whole lot of information to the conversation, but... This tweet right here tells me, you know, while you may be a little scared because you haven't heard new stuff on any of the streams this week from them, I, I can't imagine they would be stupid enough to tweet out 10 days till the day if they were starting to think like, oh, we might have to push back. We might have to whatever. I feel like this tweet, which went out today, tells us that they feel as of when they put out this tweet nine hours ago. They have a very high degree of confidence that they will make the March 29th date. That, to me, removes a lot of those questions. Go ahead, Tweet. I was just going to say that, that that tweet today, that the 10, I, I had to fight myself because the way I saw it first was on, I think it was on Facebook. It might have been Twitter. Either way, it was. 10 days till alpha on, you know, on PC, but, but they put it out on a general, it wasn't like the, it was the elite dangerous PC page or anything. It was just the elite dangerous page. And you should have seen the list of console players that were commenting on there that that just, it seemed to rub people the wrong way. Yeah. 10 days, 10 days for you, 10 months for us is kind of the way it was going. And it just, again, a split in the community. I, I didn't like to see that. I get it. I, and I 100% feel and sympathize with the frustrations for the console players. That being that said, said, though, I, I, I realize what it is, and I, I, I feel the same way they do, but I'm happy for 
you guys getting the confirmation and I'm excited. I'm going to be sitting around watching all these YouTube videos and all these dreams. I'm going to be digging into this just as much as I can from afar. So I'm excited yeah. to see what you guys dig up. I've got some thoughts about these other things. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think that, I think that, uh, you know, this 10 days is good news for the console players. I know you don't want to hear it. I know it's salt in the wounds, but it's good news for you because the fact of the matter is, is I, I firmly believe that you guys are getting it approximately six months after us launch wise or, or however many months, but it's, it's X amount of time after us. Any delay for us is just compounding delay for you. So the fact that it's moving along on schedule on the third delayed schedule, but on a schedule is nothing but good news for everyone, including console players. I know that that sucks to say. I know that's a real empty victory right now, but it's it, it could be worse. All right. So while we're at it, let's just... Here's another one that Frontier has never said out loud officially, but I'm going to just go ahead and announce it because, fuck it, what do I care? In addition to the new rank of exobiology... With Odyssey, we will also get the additional rank of first-person shooter combat rank. So just like you have your in-ship combat rank, I'm telling you right now, and, and feel free to come at me if I'm wrong, you're getting two new ranks with Odyssey at least, if there's not a third. I don't think there is a third. I think it's two. And I think that those are, for sure, Frontier have com confirmed already, you are getting exobiology. In addition... You're going to get FPS shooter rank. So I don't think that that's a shock. I've called it already repeatedly, but I'm, I'm saying like now, like take it to the bank. That's a thing. Which takes us to real life science. Real life science. All right, we've got a whole bunch of shows or, or uh, uh, videos with links and all kinds of stuff for you in real life science this week. I'm going to give you this super fast rundown and we're going to keep it moving. Right off the bat, uh, there's a link of NASA having a successful hot tire, hot fire test of the Artemis moon rocket. The full post test brief, 30 minutes long, is in the show notes. Next up, Anton Petrov posted uh, a thing about a Muamua. Oumuamua finally explained using a brilliant analysis. It's a 12-minute long video. Man, let me tell you something. You heard us talk last week about uh, Avi, uh, I forget his last name, Lowe or whatever. Of the, He's of the Harvard astronomy program there. Uh, and he was the guy that had sort of written up a, a report saying, I think Oumuamua is an alien, is proof of a alien life. I think he thought it was you know, sort of a <clears throat> leftover, like a booster rocket or something that just sort of uh, had built up a massive amount of speed or whatever, and was sort of flying through or some, some sort of space debris uh, that came from alien intelligence. Uh, and Anton Petrov this week, man, whoo, he took him to task. He didn't name him publicly, but he said, you know, there was a scientist out there that was pushing that the idea that uh, Muamua was uh, a proof of intelligent life. This is sort of reckless and should not have been done. Uh, it's a race, you know, egos are involved and it's not good uh, that there's this other set of uh, uh, listings. And, and in his video, he has links to the actual studies where he says that he doesn't think it's that a Muamua is a cigar shape. 
He thinks that it is uh, actually more of like a disc or pancake shaped, uh, that the difference in the shape of it, as well as the difference of, he thinks that it's uh, a bit of sort of like an exo, was it an exo Pluto or whatever, like a, uh, a nitrogen based uh, piece that's much smaller than we thought it was, but has a greater reflective signature, which is why we thought it was bigger and that it was sort of uh, sublimating uh, nitrogen, which again would make it to where you wouldn't see the outgassings as much. And he has this whole thing where he says like, here are the reports. This is a thing that scientifically holds up and would be a much more credible, believable sort of explanation for Oumuamua and its different characteristics than the Avi's uh, uh, report saying, you know, I think it's an alien craft. So, bummer. But here's the thing. Like, I, you, well, rooting it for it to be an alien thing, that would be so cool. But in the end, science is this the search for truth. And whether you like the truth that you get or you don't, you have to accept the truth that you get. You have to look for it and see what sort of makes the most sense. Okay. After that, we've got the B1M, which is, this is how we build on Mars. It's a 10 minute long program. It is a very cool conceptual program that talks about this uh, NASA challenge to basically create a system of robots that will 3D print future habitats on Mars using regolith, using the rocky, not soil, the, using the rocky dirt that exists on Mars. Um, it is a very, very cool program. And this gives you sort of a wider view with the design concept and shows you some cool stuff in the building technology and how they're doing it. The next video pair is paired with that and it is Seeker, NASA Challenge to 3D Print Future Habitats on Mars. This one is less sort of design focused and more talking about the actual contest that NASA puts out. And they're showing the test where these engineers have built these robots and they're showing how they're using materials that are sort of equivalent to the regolith and using it to 3D print to build stuff. So the idea is we send a bunch of robots, they build a base, and then we send people once the base is already there. Um, very, very, very cool stuff. And I'm going to pair that with two Isaac Arthur videos. The first is Becoming an Interplanetary Species Part 4, Mars Base. It's a 25-minute long video. It has a bunch of cool stuff on how sort of that process uh, is going to go, setting up sort of the first base, but from for sort of a wider view than just the building materials. And the second Isaac Arthur video is Outward Bound, Colonizing Our Solar System Part 1, Colonizing Mars. It's a 34-minute long video. Very, very cool. That video sort of, like the first Isaac Arthur video is talking about like how we're going to build the base and set it up and how like the first 20, you know, 50 people are going to sort of live on Mars at the first bit when it's just this little tiny colony. The second video is the intermediate stage. It's not like full on, um, we've terraformed Mars, but that intermediate phase where you have multiple sort of cities in Mars. And so you have thousands of people, not millions, but not tens. You have that middle area of thousands of people in Mars. And next up, we've got Insane Curiosity, Elon Musk, Mars City by 2050. It's a 14-minute long video. 
again, interesting looking at sort of that whole process and, and, and Elon Musk's stated goals. And I think some of it is a little overly ambitious, but I think it's a beautiful thing to have that kind of ambition. And who am I to think that, you know, I've got a better idea of what's possible than Elon Musk. So cool stuff. Uh, and lastly, we've got Venture City, a time lapse of future technology, 2022 to 4,000 plus. Um, it's a 17 minute long video that has just got an amazing and kind of fucking terrifying list of stuff that it's like, by this year, we're going to have this. By this year, we're going to have that. And these are all predictions. These are all whatever. And they may, you know, some of them may turn out to be wildly inaccurate, but I think it's very, very eye-opening. And like I said, it's exciting and also a little fucking terrifying, some of the stuff and how soon some of the stuff is coming where I'm like, wait, what? They're going to have this by, like, I'm talking about stuff that will rock your world where you have to sit down and like, oh, I really need to sort of wrap my head around that and stuff. And it's like the date, you know, coming by 2026. And you're like, wait, what? So that is the real life science roundup every last one of these uh it's listed and show notes uh have the links to the youtube videos go check it out when i say the show notes have the link i mean the youtube show notes if you're listening to this on the podcast you need to go to the youtube because i don't have the room to put all of these links in the uh podcast version so go and check it out it is some crazy crazy stuff which takes us to roy stories we now return to our Inara Commander series with Mac Winston, Season 2, Episode 4, Deception. The run into Cooley installation had gone exactly as planned. We dropped into the system of valleys from the north of the base and hurtled through the canyons. I had done my fair share of canyon runs in my old courier, so it wasn't anything new. Except I had to remind myself that the William F. McCoy was faster, but didn't turn quite so well, and I'd have to start turns early to follow the shallow valley floor. Failure would have left myself, Cal, Captain Smith, and over a hundred Imperial soldiers smeared across a lifeless canyon side. We'd sat on the valley floor a few kilometers from Kui while the specialists did their work. They returned only half an hour later and reported no problems with the job. We retraced our flight path to leave the area without being detected, then climbed into orbital cruise for the approach to Chute's Enterprise. Again, this went smoothly and without incident. Too smoothly, I thought. We landed, descended down into the hangar, and let the troops off. And that was it. This was war? Landing a couple of times, without interference, and letting a bunch of troops gain access as if it were a trip to the shops? Intent on putting some distance between our ship and Chute's Enterprise, we left without wasting any time. Tell me... Cal asked, breaking the silence. If you got wind of an invasion force arriving, and you were the Chute's Enterprise civilian command, fully expecting to be captured or killed, what would you do? I wouldn't hang around, that's for sure. Probably try to stow away on a ship that brought the soldiers, I said, the humorous image of the aristocrats' leadership scurrying up the cargo ramp. Might even try to hijack the ship. Great minds think alike, came a gritty and unfamiliar voice from behind me. 
We both turned around in astonishment. Behind us, standing at the rear of our clipper's bridge, were four people. Two men, two women. In unison, they raised their weapons, automatic gauss rifles, and pointed them at me. Ah, I said helplessly. Ah, uh, welcome on board. You'll take us to LTT-1349 to start with. The man began. And then what? Worry about that later, he instructed. Just so you know, I began, this ship is locked to my command and you won't be able to fly it without me being alive and at the controls. So can you put the guns down? He doesn't need to be alive, the man announced and all the weapons pointed at Cal, who flinched at the suddenness. All right, I said, feeling the whole situation had become a bit surreal. Flight assist off. I flicked off flight assist and let go of the controls. Immediately the clipper began to lose altitude as the planet's 1.15G took hold. Weightlessness as we began freefall towards the planet's inhospitable rocky surface. What are you doing? He dies, we all die. Put the guns down or in approximately 30 seconds we'll be past the point of no return and we'll be unable to avoid slamming into the surface and we all die. We'll fly you to LTT-1349 but not at gunpoint. The man sighed. Lower your weapons, he instructed the others. Holstered, please. Okay. Flight assist on. I resumed course, selected LTT-1349 and began the climb away from the planet. We'd have to fly to the other side first, then we'd be able to make the witch space jump. I was surprised at myself, surprised at my calmness. I got the feeling they didn't really want to shoot at us. Civilian administration. I wondered if they knew how to operate the guns they had. They did know the correct end to hold, so perhaps pushing our luck any further would be foolish. So, I said, who the hell are you guys and what are you doing on my ship? I'm Shoots Enterprise Administrator Thompson. These are my deputies, Svensson, Archer, Thomas. Right, Mr. Thompson, you do understand that hijacking merchant vessels is something not legal in LTT-1349, which when I last looked was a Federation system? Using merchant vessels as military transports isn't either, Thompson replied angrily. And I plan to expose you and the East India Company for who you are. You started this war. It was underhanded, illegal, and everybody needs to know. You- Wait, you started it? I asked. Thompson let out a mirthless chuckle. You fool, he growled. Your company has been fermenting discontent with the leadership of the aristocrats. You have operatives planted within our administration, and you've stirred them to start the war. A war to serve your own purposes, to throw out our party, democratically elected, then replace it with your own, with the full complicity of the Empire. I see, I said. What he said was probably true. The East India Company wasn't beyond the odd bit of manipulation to get their way. The Empire too. But it was no concern of mine. As far as I was concerned, I had four armed people on board who were hijacking the ship, even if they had holstered their guns, for now. So what evidence do you have? Cal asked suddenly, his voice scornful. Thompson rounded on him, his anger finally bursting free. Listen, Imperial Loverboy, we have the both of you. You will testify to support us when we bring this before the courts. Oh, will we now? You will if you want to have long lives. Right, so now you're going to force us to testify under duress, which is also illegal, well, pretty much everywhere. 
I lined the ship up with our target and engaged the frameshift drive to take us on the witch space transit to LTT-1349. You really haven't thought this through, have you? I added. Shut up! Thompson screamed. He began to reach for his weapon. Don't touch that, I warned. We're taking you to LTT-1349, which is what you want. You'll never get there if you touch that weapon. Shut up! He yelled again, pulling out the rifle and pointing it at me. The frameshift countdown continued. I don't know why I did what I did next. It was almost like I was not in control of my body. My conscious mind was saying, don't do this, you don't have to do this. But my hands were doing it anyway. I could no more stop myself than I could prevent the nearest star from shining. I set a timer. The timer was, on its expiry, programmed to perform an emergency power plant shutdown. This power plant shutdown was to happen while we were in which space transit. I won't tell you again. Put the damn gun down. We're going where you want, and we'll get there if you don't be an idiot. The planet faded from view. The shimmering pattern of witch light enveloped the ship. There was a slight feeling of acceleration. Which space? The program timer counted down. Five, four. I can stop the timer, I thought to myself, but I didn't seem to have the will to move. Three, two. What's that timer? The woman Svensson suddenly asked. The color suddenly drained from her face. One, zero. Silence. I wondered if the timer had actually worked. The ship's flight deck lights dimmed. Out of the front, the view of the passing nebulas and indistinct objects of which space continued, seemingly as normal as the frameshift drive used the last reserves of its power. You're insane! You- Vincent started, panicked, but she never got to finish the sentence. Finally, the FSD's energy store was exhausted. We dropped out of witch space uncontrolled. It wasn't a nice smooth exit as would be normal. It was absurdly violent. It was like the ship was being slapped around by the hand of an angry god. Metal screamed, tortured by the stress, and the g-forces suddenly increased to a level I was sure was going to crush us all into nothing more than a thin bloody paste. I blacked out. Right on, man. Holy cow. The uh, Roy stories are just getting better and better as we go on with this, and I am loving it. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus, Monohive is killing it with these sound effects. It is legit good stuff. All right. So that takes us to uh, sort of the end of the show. We're now on to the discussion topics. We already talked about uh, your thoughts on the egg 2.0. We talked about your thoughts on the T10 turret boat. We talk, talked about your thoughts on the solo Gibb Cyclops and don't burn the bubble, expand it while creating new mini bubbles. These are all things that were already in the body of the show. So please put down your, you know, community question. It'll be in the show notes what you thought about this one and that one and the other. The last topic. <clears throat> I'm going to make another pitch tonight. I'm going to pitch you guys. I hope you guys you guys get to pretend to be Frontier, and uh, you tell me if this pitch is any good or not. I'm going to want community question number one is going to be your thoughts on Elite 
Dark Star, the campaign. So here's the idea. I think that Frontier should take the existing assets and all of the stuff that they have set up for Frontier. They have already, you know, the flight model, the physics, the locations, the mechanisms, uh, all of the different modules for the ships, all of these things, which are great. A lot of times people have a hard time joining the game Elite Dangerous. They say that it has a crazy high skill wall that they don't get past. A lot of people say, ah, I tried that game. It was too crazy, too difficult. I don't understand what was going on. It didn't seem like it had a story. It was blah, 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 blah. And then they quit because it's either too hard or they don't get the story. They don't get the concept that Frontier is going with here where they have a sort of you're not the prince who's running to save the princess from the castle. You're just a dude. You're just It's Firefly. You're just Mal Reynolds. You're just another guy or gal out there in the galaxy trying to handle your shit. So the idea here is I think Frontier should take their existing assets that they already have, take their existing game engine and all of the stuff that already does all of the things, and they should make a separate game called Elite, Elite Dark Star. I just came up with that name. You can come up with a better name. That's fine, whatever. But the concept is they put in a single-player story campaign that uses the assets of Elite Dangerous, that uses the multiplayer stuff, but also gives you a really sort of good, dedicated, long-form tutorial where it's, you know, you get a game where they say they take all of the existing assets, they're not adding a bunch of new shit, but they take a couple of developers and they turn those assets, they turn that stuff into a very specific set of like, here's 30 missions, 40 missions, and a little story to go with it. Take some voice actors, put in a couple of uh, animators that do that stuff that they showed us with Odyssey, where it's like, you know, the bartender guy, whatever. You put in some mission briefings where you get, you know, some guy that's like Michael Ironside from, uh, what was that bug movie? Uh, the, Starship, the Starship Troopers. Troopers. Yes. You get yourself a Michael Ironside or you get yourself a tough as nails chick who's like, you know, the big badass boss or whatever. And, you know, you get your old grizzled veteran dude and chick, whatever. And they give you these missions and you go and do the mission. And during the mission, <clears throat> they have sort of an extended tutorial of like, here's your landing gear. Here's your this. Here's how this works. Here's how that works. Here's how. You know, something works and, and, and even to the extended like stuff of like flight assist off, like you do a combat, whatever. And, and they're like, Hey kid, listen to me. When, when they fly behind you, hit flight assist off for a moment. Uh, it'll make you be able to turn way quicker. And then you flip around and then you hit flight assist back on and you can lock onto them for whatever, you know, it's just some stuff that explains in detail some of the concepts, some of the more advanced concepts of elite dangerous with a, little paint by number storyline where it's like go do one of these missions go do a scan mission go do a you know get out in your SRV mission go do a go to a guardian site go to a this go they give you a series of missions all pretty much using again existing assets the only thing that you're adding new here is sort of some story mode bullshit of 
you know, uh, a, a boss or a, a coworker that it's like, you know, oh, there's this hotshot pilot and he's too, you know, whatever. He's, you're Maverick and he's Iceman or vice versa, whatever the fuck. They put in a little story, but use all of the existing assets and really break down, do an extended tutorial that's built into the stuff. Then you go ahead and add in sort of, uh, how do I say this? You have the ability, so you have a single player campaign mode of the game. Now you have the ability to, in the future, if you want to continue to tell the story, you can put in more stuff, more, you know, single player narrative offline mode, whatever you want to call it, version of the story. But when you get to the end of the first campaign, let's say it's, you know, 50 missions and it is, I don't know, it takes the average player, you know, 300 hours or 400 hours. Some of these missions might be like, Okay, you got to go out to a guardian site and and bring back this thing for Ram Ta, and you know, okay, so you're talking about a you know a couple hours to get there. You've never been there before. You're doing a lot of jumps. You get there, it, you can dumb it down on the, you know, um, they you don't buy ships. You you get assigned a ship for the mission. You know, you don't buy the modules and engineer it. You 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 get assigned the the ship with the you know like they just give you like, you know, level five engineered modules or whatever. They just, you know, whatever, because it's not yours. It's just a loner. But you could do hundreds of hours of sort of mission playthrough that has a much more gradual and sort of handhold process of tutorializing the whole thing mixed with some intro story to get you to know about Inra, to know about Thargoids, to know about Guardians, to know about... Aegis, to know about the club, to know about the dark wheel, to know about the power play people and what, why that's important. And to know, like, just to know stuff about some of the lore of the game to get people sort of started on the idea of, you know, what is repairing a station? You do an Operation Ida type mission, you do this mission, you do that mission. And then at the end of this, uh, granted, it's a several hundred, you know, a couple hundred hour or 80 hour or whatever process, but it's just, again, using all of the pre-existing assets at the end of it, you know, then you get a thing saying, okay, now you're ready to graduate to the next level. You're ready to play Elite Dangerous, which is the full on, you know, game. But when you go to play the game for the first time, you're already going to know how to work your landing gear. You're going to understand how what flight assist off is you're going to understand how to docking request you're going to understand combat and and your 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 setting your weapon groups and 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 your module priorities and all of these things you will know how to do it so i think the idea the concept is you put a five dollar ten dollar game on steam and the epic store and the consoles and everywhere you can find it as the ultimate training wheels. And then at the end of it, you let people jump into elite, but now you have, I think a much higher retention rate because these people know about the story. They know about the basics and all how to work the stuff. You're not going to get overly frustrated because you keep crashing when you're trying to, you know, come in for a landing or whatever. So Yes, and for those of you who are paying attention, who play 
Star Citizen. Yeah, I'm talking about Squadron 42, the Elite version. Duh. But like, it's a good idea and it would work. All right. Tweet, Wolf Dragon, who wants to hop in first here and start commenting or go with it, whatever. I'll jump in real quick here. I, I do like this idea, and, and I think there's a couple of things they could do. Now, like you said, if they're using existing uh, 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 designs that are in the game already, so there's not a lot of development effort really needed, mm -hmm. that's great. And then if they add a good story to it, then you'd even have somebody like me who is a huge Mass Effect fan but I love my Elite Dangerous almost as much, if not as much, I'd probably play it just, just to get that story, just to get that feel of, uh, of belonging in the universe and then give me something different to do. And then, as you said, if they added, they could, they could even down the line after Odyssey's done and they're on a development break, they could take that mode, that model, and they could develop DLC for it and they could monetize that so they could really work with something like that and make money and help the player base it would be a great help to have uh, that's the number one excuse i hear for people that quit this game is this, well i guess the number two the number one is they got burnt out on the grind number two it would be they don't understand the game there's they don't understand what they're supposed to do they get a ship they fly around oh where's the story what am i supposed to do and this kind of thing would cure that Right on. I, yeah, there, I would love to see, okay, there's this other mode, the solo mode, offline mode, whatever, that is the story mode game that does have, you know, every year or two has another, boom, these, these new 18 missions came out and it has this story stuff or that, whatever. Wolf, what do you think? My, my thought goes back to, me recalling a little over a year ago uh, when I first started playing the game, um, I, I, I like to jokingly say that, that Elite doesn't have a learning curve. It's it's a learning vertical asymptote. Like you get it, getting through that first, I'm going to say, couple hundred hours of just learning how to play the game is painful. And I've got some friends of mine that I tried to get into the game. Uh, they started. They didn't want help. He was like, no, it's it's a game. I can do this. And and, and they they dropped it. This would be an excellent way of properly introducing how to do all the stuff in the game over and beyond what the current tutorials do, which some of them, you know, parts of them are okay, other parts are just completely out to lunch. Um especially with all the new players that we've had joined through the, the, the free Epic, uh, uh, quote unquote sales. And when Odyssey comes in, we're going to pick up new players there. I hope, I really hope beyond hope that when F dev drops Odyssey on us in its full form and everybody flocks to it, like they think that they're going to have with their sales numbers, that there is a tutorial at least for odyssey specifically that teaches these new players how to play the game like you're gonna get the people who be like oh it's an fps i know how to play an fps yeah no not like this fdev's gonna do stuff that is gonna make things grindy and difficult and there's some of the things that you have to do their way in order to make it happen 
So basically, you're you're what you're saying there is this game is way harder than what you think it's going to be when you're starting as a game player. It's also may, way more deep and rewarding and challenging and like long term whatever. But by by teaching people through a story mode version of it. You can sort of set their expectations properly so they know, hey, man, this isn't a game you're going to get to the end in, 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 in you know, eight hours or 10 hours of play. This is going to be thousands of hours of your life. Settle in and enjoy the ride. Exactly. Um, I mean, I to be perfectly honest, if I didn't have a helpful commander come in and, you know, you know, put me under their wing and, and teach me stuff um, that I needed to know, um, you know, I've been out. I've been out of the 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 newbie zone for a while and just mm. still didn't know how to play the game. It was getting very frustrated. It, the fact that somebody else had to come in and show me basic things for my understanding so that I wasn't so frustrated that I wanted to quit the game. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be here. If it, if it wasn't for them, I would not be here. I get it, brother. I get it. I also went out and dragged in my good buddy Astro, Down to Earth Astronomy, who's here in the chat with us now. He knows the deal. He knows what we're talking about. Uh, basically, the pitch is uh, a elite version of Squadron 42 that does an extended tutorial and has a story mode and can help sort of players help grow the game and have people stick. Astro, your thoughts? Um, I think you have... As somebody mentioned, like the learning curve in uh, in Elite, it can really be a <laughs> it can be a vertical wall sometime uh, mm-hmm. where you just feel like <sighs> that if you want to if you're starting out in Elite, it can be super frustrating that you feel like every time you're taking one tiny step, you are going to find a guide online you're gonna go and search reddit you're gonna go and search youtube you're gonna go and look up guides that it's just i it's such a frustrating process early in the game where you just want to play but you end up like clicking two buttons and then watching 10 minutes videos and then clicking Mm. two buttons again so um i think for already did a lot of work to get new players in um Mm. i haven't seen any numbers actually for the retention rate of all the new people who have been joining through either Epic or the uh, the Game Pass thing that happened. Um, that could be interesting to see, and I don't think Frontier is going to publish it, but it would actually be interesting to see if that changed. Um, did people stick around longer, or was it just the same? Um, hmm. uh, and so, what do you, how, how, hmm. How hard do you think it would be to to implement this? Basically, my idea was, uh, um, Astro, that Frontier would literally just take the existing assets, take the existing flight model, the existing ships, the existing missions, mm. gut a little bit of the process towards like you're not engineering your own ship, or at least not till towards the end in the in the beginning, the first twenty or thirty missions, they literally just assign you a ship. It's already outfitted. And then they, you're like, okay, here's your, your first out of rookie assignment, or you're, you're in the academy as the first five or 10 missions. And it's like, here's how you land. Here's how you take off. Here's how you, you know, mine a rock. Here's how you this, here's how you that. But I mean, just using all of the existing sort of missions, then putting a couple developers with a couple of artists to do like voiceover work and add a, like an actual sort of detailed storyline. And just sort of throw it out there as a very, a, a, a next to free, like a $5, whatever, 
game of, hey, this is going to be 300 hours, 400 hours, and it has this in-depth total. Because, I mean, you're just using almost all of the assets they already have. I think with with Odyssey, when we begin to get like more on foot, I think having a, a actual story campaign would make a little bit more sense to me. Um, I wanted to say that it probably wouldn't take a ton of work, but then I'm looking at Squadron 42 and I'm thinking, maybe that's just me who has absolutely no idea how game development works, because to be honest, I don't. Um, but I would guess that since they have a lot of the the assets already, they have the ships, they have the suits, the weapons, all that's like the framework is there, that just basically writing missions would work. But I'm not sure I would go and make it a... Um, make it a separate, uh, make it a separate game completely, as uh, as uh, they've done with Star Citizen. I think it would work better to have it like an epic arc or something in in Elite itself, mm. where like maybe each faction would have like this story arc you could uh, you could follow, and there would be some special missions that would I don't know give you some some power play uh, weapons you could get uh, a few of those early on without having to do the uh, the four weeks maybe give you some some extra bonuses to your to your, uh, mm-hmm. uh, to your to your rank that kind of thing so but where there is a longer mission where you like interact with the same npcs you kind of follow a story arc and in that progress or in that process of following that story you without you noticing you're actually circumventing a lot of that, what would people would consider grind, being mm-hmm. unlock a rank or go get these power play modules, that kind of thing. Mm. I would point um, out, I would point out that when you say like, oh, you would think that Squadron 42 is easy, but look at how much trouble they're having with it. Well, you have to keep in mind, in that case, though, you're talking about doing the story mode version for an unfinished game. Because, like, if they try to do the salvage true, mechanics true. or medical or all this different stuff, it doesn't exist in Star Citizen, so they can't yeah. just transpose it onto Squadron 42. Whereas, opposed to Elite, Elite is a fully finished game where it's like, yeah. if you do a scan mission or this or that... it. It exists. The code is already there. It doesn't have to be developed and rewritten. It, you can just cut and paste. And I, I know I'm an asshole. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a jarhead who doesn't fucking really understand how any of this programming shit works. So for me to say, oh, it's easy. I know I'm an asshole. But like, still, come on. It's done. It's already in the game. Take the existing missions. Put some cool little story with it. And the reason why I was saying to make it a separate game, Astro, was that, like, you could put it out on Steam for, like, $3 permanently. It's just a Mm. whatever, because the point of it isn't to make money off of the game. The point of it is that when you get to Mission 20 and finish it, it tells you, here's a coupon code to get regular Elite for $10 as opposed to the, you know, normal $40 or whatever. and People will feel like, oh, you know, and also we're going to give you not only your first starter ship, but because you're a veteran of these 20 missions or 30 missions or whatever, we're going to give you this other thing, like some something, you know, here's some paint jobs, here's some whatever, make you, oh, you get the exclusive special deal. And then you spend the $20 on that. You play the full elite with, with knowing all the stuff so that you stick 
You're not, you're not going to hit the wall and bounce off. You're going to be like, you're going to retain because you know this stuff and you play it for a month or two. And then you go, you know what? Ah, fuck. I need to be able to get out of my ship. I'm uh, 39.95 for Odyssey for Odyssey. Yeah, that's, I'm in. Let's do it. Let's make a rock. I can, I can see the idea of having like a cheap, uh, almost like a demo that, yeah. that works as, uh, um, as like a gateway drug, basically into uh, yes. into elite. Um, what I would be afraid of in a situation like that, uh, I mean, you need to you need to have the expectation management when people make the switch from um, Squadron Forty Three or whatever you're gonna call it <laughs> to uh, to to elite dangerous because it is it would be very, very different. Like you, 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 you go from something where it's, it might be very, very railroady. It's like a story thing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then you also suddenly you're dropped into the sandbox, which is a, mm. a completely different type of game. So you need to make sure that people know exactly what they're buying into when they make the switch from, uh, from one to the other. Otherwise you're just going to have people who's like, what, 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 where, where's all the missions? Where are all the stories? Where are all like, it's just space. <laughs> so the cool thing is you can take, and I, I just named it Elite Dark Star. I just, I just made that name up. But right, right, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. You, you, you could take those people, right? And one, some of the like the last ten missions you give them could all be story hook missions. You send them on a mission to a Thargoid area, you s- to see the map. You send them on a mission to the Guardian area. You send them on a mission to an Inra base. You send them on a mission to help out fucking go to Kubio and you got to help out the people's blue haired princess. You send them on a mission to help repair a base for Operation Ida so that they have story hooks where then later on they can go, oh, I know how to do this. I know how to filter on my map and look for a burning station and, and repair it. Or I know how to look for guardian sites or I know how to whatever. Tweak. You're muted, Tweak. Everybody take a drink. Tweak's drink. <laughs> yep, take a drink. It's been a bit. Yeah, I was I was gonna say another thing to do for these guys, and yeah, I agree. Astro totally you'd have to set expectations because they're gonna be handheld through story and if they just come into elite expecting that, they're gonna be very disappointed. But to to if I would have had a, something like that when I started this game, all these you know thirty five hundred hours ago or so, and then I made some money and I made some Fed rank or some Imperial rank and I got some Guardian stuff from a tutorial mission type thing like this, and then carried my progress over to Elite Dangerous. Oh my God, that would have been so great, so useful. Hmm. Beautiful guys. I've talked way too much tonight. You guys all just talk amongst yourself. Let's do this. I want to hear Astro and, and Wolf Dragon and Tweak just sharing ideas and stuff. Like, get into it. Mix it up. So we're not using the dot system anymore? Nope. Just talk. Everybody go. Have fun. My, my thought was that, you, yeah, you could do it as a, a standalone game, um, or you could make it integrated in. Um, you could make it so that after you do the current noob zone area there's there's like a, a mega ship that you get on and you're like i want to go here and then it, it like 
jumps you to say one of the permit lock sectors that, that none of us can get to or just a, a big enough permit lock system to make it, it useful where once you've got that you're not gonna you're not gonna leave like you're you're in that mode quote unquote um they could mix in storyline they could put in a whole bunch of uh, native factions you can get the regular missions so you can kind of go off and do your own thing but there's still this overarching storyline and that would be a pretty good temper for when you're done with this and you're in the sandbox this the story from here is what you make so you'll be able to see all these things but i th- i think the most important thing that you could do inside of this mission progression for learning is have the system tell you it's like you need to go here you need to outfit your your ship to do this kind of a task and teach you how to do the outfitting teach you what the different modules do Uh, that's a tremendously just wait i gotta make my ship do different things by building it differently that until you've done it a couple times it's it's a daunting task um case in point kai i know you've you've got stories and i've got stories with uh various other players and whatnot just going up mining to get money so they can buy better ships and Oh, I need a refinery. Great. I don't have a refinery. I didn't know that. It, it, yeah. The, this needs to build and teach you all the different things about the game. Not not go like deep down in it. Like, you know, it would be awkward for it to be like, and here's how you do BGS. We want you to expand this faction from here to wherever, which in a lock system, you're the only one in it. Yeah, you can make that happen. But that's probably beyond scope. One one thing that we're missing here, though, I think, honestly, and, and I don't know that, I don't, Astro, I don't know that you're going to say this, but we're kind of crouching into your audience there, right? It, when I first started playing this game 3,000 hours ago, I sat around the backyard pool while my daughter was swimming, watching videos from Down to <laughs> Earth and Commander Exegius and trying to learn everything I could about this game. And what we're talking about is an in-game way to do that now, so... You know what else? Honestly, I'd love to see. Uh, I, I know I said I was going to shut up, but I'm drunk, so I'm not going to. Uh, <laughs> I would love to see Frontier put out a thing that says, this is a $5 package, but we're giving it away for free forever. Just whatever, permanently. It's a $5 disc. It's a $5 package that has a $5 discount, so you get it for free. And it has a welcome pack to Elite Dangerous. And it says, this is Inara. This is how Inara.cz works. This is EDDB.io. This is how EDDB.io works. This is Down to Earth Astronomy's guide. You know, this is Down to Earth Astronomy's YouTube channel. He is the best guide maker in all of Elite Dangerous. <laughs> Look it up. This is Commander's Toolbox. You need to have this. Save it. It. This is Commander Exegius. I don't like the guy, but he makes good guides. It, here's his stuff. This is Lave Radio. This is Elite Week. They don't like me. They list me. Whatever. This is System Chat. This is uh um uh like. Light assist radio. Uh, EDMC. This is uh, uh, EDSM. Sagittarius I. Sagittarius I magazine. The bet. Let me, again, let me just say if you're listening to us right now and you're like, man, 
this weirdo drunk Kaizen, I like his stuff. Uh, Sagittarius Eye Magazine. We didn't get have time to get to their stuff because we're way overdue, but they just dropped this this week. Um, like just like within the last two days, they dropped a new uh, thing episode. It's like episode of their of their of their show. There's so many cool stuff, and if here's the thing, people people value a thing if they're told that it costs money. Even if they get it for free, if they're like, this is a $5 value, but you get it for free and frontier just were to do that forever of this is the welcome pack. And it has these links to the community. And this is how sort of the, the expanded community of the game works. Not, not for nothing. I contend the F dev with as good as sag is and as immersive as it is with within the universe of elite dangerous, I contend that should be in our codex or that should be in my right panel in my cockpit of my crate or something. I should be able to listen to those episodes in game while I'm flying around. I think I can dig it. The, 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 the dangerous part about this, if you look at it from, from, from frontier side, as much mm-hmm. as, as I'm sure they would, I mean, they do a lot to try and help like promote streamers and YouTube channels and tools and all that stuff. But the problem is, if let's say uh, they link to uh, to my site, the Commander's Toolbox, hmm. and uh, they have no control over that. So let's say that I am uh, an absolute hat, and I somehow end up leaving my admin password for that site exposed. Somebody get admin password, they take over the site and post some um, not so legal stuff, right? Yeah, that yeah, could yeah. be anything. You you, yeah. you let your imagination wander. Um, then all of a sudden you have in-game links inside Elite, if it was part of the codex, linking to sites with potential legal content. Mm. Mm. So, so for- wouldn't wouldn't there be a way for them to like catalog it in-game though? That all the all the old issues of the audio, you know, from the the podcast of Sagai, they're all yeah, on the there. Pro- couldn't the- they catalog that in? The problem with being that, is a that requires that requires a human to spend time to sit there and sift through it and to say like this is okay. You have to gray gray yeah. gray list, white list, whatever, where you say like this is okay, this is okay, this is okay, confirmed. But what I'm saying is not in the codex, not in game. They just put a intro pack. And even if they did it very carefully, like, okay, we're not gonna list Astro, even though he's amazing. We're going to just list Inara and EDDB, and we're going to, I don't know. Yeah, um, you're right, Astro. It gets, I gets the, the, weird. The, so I'm, as, as much as, as, as helpful as it would be, and don't get me wrong, if somebody else went out and said, hey, I'm going to make the you are a new player PDF or whatever, that basically mm. says, here, here are links. These are what you need to go. This is the tools you need. This is like the basic uh, of of things you should know in Elite. Like here, are five bullet points. Don't do this, and here, are five bullet points. Do do that. If you do that and you do it as a non-official, like non-frontier thing, then by all means, I'm sure frontier they would be happy to share that everywhere because now they're sharing somebody else's creation. They're not putting their own. Mm-hmm. stamp on mm-hmm. it and saying this mm-hmm. is ours 
and then nobody's going to come and smack them in their head with it later if one of the sites that links to in that document all of a sudden goes haywire and, and begins to put some weird stuff on it. They could, link, they, they could put a link to the Galactic Academy, which they owned at one point, and I think now is not owned by them explicitly, but Galactic Academy could then list, like, okay, these five sites, these ten sites, these whatever, and maintain that. Yeah, my my only you know play, playing FDF side. My my concern with a welcome pack. This is hey, congratulations, you bought the game. So here's a list of of websites that have all the information that you need in Aura, EDDB, uh, Commander's Toolbox, etc. Here's the information you need to play the game because we couldn't have been bothered to put it into the game so that it was intuitive <laughs> and whatnot. So the player base and community had to come together and figure this out so that they can do things effectively or at all in certain cases. Um, that I don't, I don't think that they would want to really put that out or even be like, Hey, and here's this list of stuff because it, it, it kind of throws some shade back at themselves. Mm-hmm. So limiting in that, a way, limiting, in a way, go ahead. Or, I was going to say, in a way, it does. I see that argument. But on the other side of that is this game is so good that there is an army of a community out there that spends their own time and money and effort to create these third-party tools that we all depend on every day. Can't say that about every game. Through the mission system, they could specifically on just stuff that they control, they could send you, like I said, on a mission to the Guardians, on a mission to this location where they have the Project Thunderchild story, on a mission to this location with Inra, on a mission to Jameson's crash site, on a mission to just on stuff that they 100% internally control within the in-universe game that is exactly 100% under their control. They could put enough hooks in there that explain stuff. And then they could say, just on one thing, say, hey, here is the Galactic Academy Discord. Go check this out. And Galactic Academy could maintain, here is Astro, here is Exegius, here is Commander's Toolbox, here is uh, Lave Radio, mm-hmm. here is this, that, and the other. And, and that then is a situation where they don't have any it it sort of is a diffuse responsibility they don't have any direct ties so they're not directly responsible and it gives it enough sort of separation that they could say you have the story hooks and we control that and we know that you're in we have the tutorial and you know we know that you know it because you accomplish these missions we got to wrap think, stuff but, up soon, but let's let Astro have the last sort of okay. word on it. Hop in. No, I'm just thinking, so what they, what you could potentially do, what I'm absolutely sure they could get people to do was, you know, just like when you bought games back in like the, uh, like everything before like mid-2000s, you would always get this like thick booklet with, this is the UI, this is the yep. command. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah, you all know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Make that, but just in a digital version for Elite, and mm. outsource the creation of it to the community. So basically, mm. say, hey, if you want to write a part, hey, we need, we have these these chapters we want to write. If you want to write them, 
go do it, send it to us, then they will review it, they will uh, make whatever edits they feel like they need, but the bulk of the work, outsource it. I would, Beautiful. I mean, English is not my first language, but I'll be happy to write, it for, to write a chapter or two, and then have somebody proofread it later. Dude, you are a maniac from Copenhagen that speaks better English, more proper than I do. So, I dig that shit. <laughs> I I had I had five years of my life where I spoke more more English than Danish, and to the point when I was beginning to dream in English as well. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's because you're a smart guy. I've never been that bright. All right. I want to thank very much Astro for popping at the end in the discussion, you know, topic because you know that was amazing. Uh, I want to thank Wolf Dragon for joining us for for that as well. Yes, thank you guys and Astro, an honor having you join us again. Thank you so much. Very cool. Absolutely, uh, you're welcome. We're sitting watching it anyway, so why not? <laughs> right on, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it's time to wrap up the show, so we're going to go ahead and jump right to uh, state of the game. Uh, my state of the game, honestly, legitimately, I'm still going to give it a straight up 10. There's questions that I have. There are legitimate issues that I have. I'm not thrilled with certain aspects of Elite Dangerous. No, sorry, Frontier Development with regard to marketing and management and messaging. And I think they could do things better. But I love the game that they put out. I'm a huge fan of their product. I'm very excited for what's to come. And we're a week away. And I got to think to myself, and maybe I'm an idiot, but I got to think that next week we're going to get big, big, big stream news. We're going to get lots. Of, they have to. They can't not at this point. It's here. Give us the news. So I'm giving them a 10 out of 10. I'm super excited for what's to come. I love the game. And I hope that you do too. Tweaked. State of the game. Uh, current state of the game, I'm going to give it a seven. And that's, I can't tell anybody, if you're on the border, if you're on Xbox and you're on the border about getting a Series X, mm. God damn, does this game play beautifully on the Series X. It is gorgeous. It runs smooth. Mm. And the, I've got no, it's just, it just play, it's playing wonderfully. That said, I'm having trouble staying motivated, kind of. And, and I think part of that is the, the Odyssey bit. And it still sits in the back of my mind that I got a long time to wait before I get anything new as far as content goes in this game for me. Uh, gotcha. But current state of the game, a seven. Future state of the game, probably a three. I'm, I'm a little nervous that they seem to be allowing the, the ratings board dictate their product as opposed to letting their product dictate the rating that that's a little scary to me and 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 the twitter pictures this week to me was a whole lot of look here it, it was a hey look at all this new news that you've already either heard of or seen in the videos so to me it wasn't really anything all that terribly new hopefully next week wolf uh my state of the game's actually gone up because with the and with, at least we get to see the different models of things on Twitter. Like where where has that faucet been just just welded shut? Like that that's something they could have been teasing us with for a while. Okay, fine. We don't have gameplay footage or whatnot to see what it is, but at least like we know they built the thing. So I'm actually getting a little excited to see, you know, hey, I, it, it's a thing. 
I don't know how to use the thing, but I'm going to find out. In a week. Right on. Astro, state of the game. Uh, I'm really enjoying it. I've been, uh, as we talked about earlier, um, found a way to make subsurface mining. That's always uh, exciting. Well, I found my favorite oh, yeah. type of mining. And uh, with Odyssey around the corner, I mean, I mean, I'm like a kid before Christmas right now. I'm just just sitting here waiting, counting the days one at a time. Um, took three days off work <laughs> when Odyssey comes. Oh, so, no. Yeah, I kid you not. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Really, really Beautiful. much. Beautiful. All right. And uh, now it's time to say goodbye to the beautiful people. I'm going to say, uh, hey, uh, number one, uh, watch the doors and corners, kids. That's where they'll get you. And as Bill and Ted said, be excellent to each other. Well, say goodbye to the beautiful people. Glad everyone could join the stream, especially Astro. Thanks for popping in. Um, and I hope everybody has a great time in Ross 154. Sweet. Say goodbye to the beautiful people. Appreciate everybody spending a few hours with us tonight. Hope you enjoyed the show. Enjoy the game. Some good things coming in the future. And uh, Shazba, Nanu, Nanu. Nanu, Nanu. <sighs> Down to Earth Astronomy. Say goodbye to the beautiful people. Yeah. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for, for letting me pop in here towards the end. And uh, hope we'll see you guys again at some point. Yeah, man. Thank you for joining us. That was awesome. All right. We're going to play it out with a little, again, a little something for the Irish. Good night, everybody.
Foggy Jew